serious, listeners. There is crazy good news. Somehow, two years on, we have got it. So we've got a visual link. I get to look at Ben's bearded visage while we are recorded. <laughs> so if I am a lit so excited that my voice enters like frequencies you can't hear, I am sorry. But oh my God, I just want to reach out and stroke him. <laughs> yeah, I do. So it is episode 46. How are you, Ben? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Excellent. No falling asleep for you now, I can see. No, I know. I've been rumbled now, so uh, no no falling asleep. Um, No sitting here eating cream cakes and talking about Slimming World either. That's a shame, isn't it? (laughs) So, tonight, uh, we are going to do something slightly different, so we'll see if you notice any energy level changes. Um, We're going to record in two parts, Uh, so we are still going to launch this. We'll all come out as one episode. But the Hobby Desk and the Community and the Wilds will all be recorded now in this session. Um, and then we're going to do um, the Galaxy of War and Mortal Realms tomorrow evening. Um, and that's in an effort to kind of have me awake all the way through. <laughs> it is probably going to be a good thing and hopefully bring a bit more energy to the podcast. Um, and secondly... The other exciting news is we are going to try and move back to doing this every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, so my wonderful wife's been excellent and we've Hannah's now 12 weeks old. Um, we've had a chat about it and I think by splitting it up as well, we can do that. And um, I just love talking to Ben. I can't help it, you know. Um, I've got to, to you, bring my soul back together. That's what it is. <laughs> so there we are. There's some cool little announcements. It's a visual wonder, that's all I can say. Uh, We may even work out how to record it for your viewing horror, but we'll try and work on that another day. So, You've banged on so much, you haven't done an intro. (laughs) I know, I haven't done the intro. It's because I'm so excited. So, we will talk on the hobby desk. So I have been scraping off mould line after mould line after mould line. Um, So I'll talk about mould lines. And um, Ben, what have you even done this month? I've kind of lost track. Oh, there's a big troll thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's some stuff. Ben will talk about some stuff. Um, Galaxy of War, nothing. No no particularly well-known army or anything has come out for Galaxy of War, so no. there won't be anything to talk about there. Um, and then into the Mortal Realms. Now we're going to have some controversy. Dun, dun, dun. So we will discuss uh, the recent changes to the range. Um, I'm sure you've seen Ben's tirade uh, on the internet. There was there, My computer caught fire with the passion that came through um, when he was typing that. Um, you would think, he, it, you know, he typed it in a real rage, but it was still one finger bashing, I'm sure. So it took a little while. <laughs> Uh, but we'll talk about that, um, as well as some more exciting things from the Mortal Realms. Um, community is our usual shout outs. We'll do that. And it's the wilds this week. So I've got, um, something a little bit homegrown to talk about. Uh, and I don't know about you, dude, but you've got a bit less time to think about it now, though, because we're, you know, we, we're going to be onto that pretty soon. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Your thinking face is sexy. Love it. Just so you know. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, anyone that's new, if we've absolutely horrified you or scared the life out of you already, it's we're only going to get worse. Um, I can only recommend other excellent podcast experiences. So <laughs> let's go on. Oh, sugar. Grab some refreshments. I've actually eaten mine, but hey ho. Um, hobby desk. Woohoo. 
Hi guys and girls, and welcome to On The Hobby Desk for episode 46. Um, because I have a signal booster in my shed now, thanks to BT upgrading our Ujima what's it? Did they actually um, do it? Because I'm sure you've told me the story three times about them promising to give you the fastest internet ever. Well, it was a bit of a joke, really. So every year they phone us up and go, for an extra five quid, we'll give you like guaranteed fastest. And then uh, this year, Joe was like, so we're going to have to increase our price by five quid every year. And he's like, um, well, no, but this time it's guaranteed fastest and you'll get a new box and all this, that and the other. You know, it turned out in the conversation that um, they sent me an email that if I didn't respond to, they then added on any time minutes onto my call package. So just to reiterate, if I didn't respond to it, um, and of course I missed it, went into my whatever and didn't read it. So for three or four months, we've been paying for any time minutes, which we don't use because we use our mobile phones. Um, so we got the whole lot for like basically a half price. So because Joe tore them a new one. If I knew it was going to result, that is a terrifying thought. <laughs> if I knew it yeah. was going to result in me being able to 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 view you while doing this, I would have I would have put towards. It. In fact, I think I'd have done a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, well, what it does mean is we can show each other models as well. So, um, yeah. and it means that we can communicate a little bit faster while we're doing the podcast. Because as if you're new to listening to us, we record in separate parts of the country. <clears throat> Dan is in Bristol, um, and I'm down in Bodmin in Cornwall, which is about to hour and a half, two hours drive away. Um, Not at this time so of the yeah. year, dude, with the, no, with the three traffic. And a half, four hours. The hordes of uh, travellers coming down to view you and see you for their holidays. Just me, me specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do feel most of them come into the surgery to have their ingrown toenails looked at. So, dude, this that is not suitable conversation for this podcast. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. Odd as it right. is for me to pull you on that sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, I've I've had a holiday last week. Um, brother's been down, so I've been a little bit less busy than I normally have. But I've done a couple of big things. But do you want to go first, or because you sounds like you've been hammering away at scenery yeah so i've um i've done what i always do and i've sort of gone through a whole load of different things and finished nothing over the last month um it i started out what, one month you'll finish like 50 projects i know it'll be brilliant <laughs> it'll be glorious um it started out i went down uh to plymouth and went into uh my dad's shed which he had to clear out big shed thing um and went through and found a whole bunch of stuff that i completely forgot i had um, load of books, um, old white dwarfs. I've got the rule books from Warhammer Quest. All three of those that I found. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, no way. Good, isn't it? Um, yeah. And in amongst that, a big pile of miniatures. And when I went through it, I pulled out my first ever painted Space Marine, which is a great Amazing. find. I was chuffed to find, even though <laughs> it's awful. But that do not matter. Um, but I also found some of the old Tau Stealth suits. So I got them in the isopropanol and stripped them off of paint. Um, an old Chaos Warrior. So I've stripped it. So I've been stripping a few models. Interestingly, and quite foolishly, I stuck my isopropanol in my um, Sonic Cleaner. 
And then afterwards... I didn't know you had a sonic cleaner. Yeah, well, I've had it for ages. I just never got it out of the box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got it out. But then I read on the internet that you should never, ever do that. Because if it was to have an electrical failure, because the bath is metal, it would go through the isopropanol and explode in a fireball. So I do it in the garden now. <laughs> it's too effective not to do it. So, um, yeah. So that's, that's been that. And then I've built, um, and almost finished painting two Knight Questorus, are they? Or Knight Sarastus. Yes. The yeah. Lancer Knights. Dun, dun, oh, they look ace. So they are transferred up now. Um, ready for weathering. <sighs> Ready for weathering. <laughs> they just need varnishing, which actually I should have done that already rather than just leaving it on the side. Um, and, and weathering. So that's fine. That's good. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've gone scenery crazy. You did your axe man. I did my axe man. What axe man? Oh, my axe man. Yeah. Yeah. My corridor axe man. So the corridor executioner, the headsman, which I love, I got him. Um, and I was very, very frustrated because I was sort of getting to a place with contrast paints where I was just like, I what the hell are these? Um, so <laughs> I thought, I'll give it one more go and I'll do this guy. And I painted on the black and I was like, oh, this looks gash. I don't like it. Damn these paints. And then I painted it on the second time and I was like, hmm. And by the time I finished them, I was like, God damn it, they're really good. (laughs) (laughs) They are really good. What is interesting is I have found, and I said this to you, I think, I have found that the contrast paints do everything you can think of except the thing that they were sold to do, for me anyway. Um, Just from... I I think they're really hard to... Yeah, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll let you finish, sorry. Well, all I was going to say is, obviously... (laughs) Um, different, we, as we said when we first heard about them, different people at different places in the hobby will use them for different things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have yet to get an effect from one thick coat that I feel is not either achievable through other means and will look better and still not take that long, or that I'm just happy with. Um, mm. However, I have found that with either multiple coats or uh using the medium or just using it for pin washing it's so good for pin washing bone like using skeleton horde and having more gassed bone which is the new bone base color and then mm. pin washing with the skeleton horde is just awesome <laughs> to be honest um really really impressed um by that so yeah i i I am i am loving them just just using them in different ways which we i think we said would likely be the case anyway um for contrast paints did you want to did you want to chime in before i carry on because we are talking about yeah i think to keep keep the contrast topic slightly together um i i found and i've when i was waiting for them which took a lot longer and i still haven't got six of them thank you very much large company who sold them to me um but I found I heard people talking about how they're different thicknesses, and I'd, I've only re- really I've when I've been painting um, the troll that I've been doing, which I'll talk about later, realised just how significant that is. And I think one of the things about them is that they're they're actually all different. 
every single one of them, and you have to use them in a different way or manage them in a different way. And I think there's a lot more learning than I expected them to be. They're not a consistent thickness for each colour, and they don't achieve the same outcome for each colour. Um, and having said that, I think the thinner ones have a place that I'm finding are useful, and the thicker ones too. Um, but this is a much more of a, a learning process than I expected, is my feeling on it. So mm. I think the one thick coat will work really, really well with some of them. Um, that The Wildwood one yeah. did one thick coat on uh, the handle of my troll. I could have left it at that yeah. on his hammer. I could have left it at that, no problem at all. Um, I haven't because I've, I'm doing other things and I'm I'm a fiddler when it comes to painting, <laughs> I'm afraid. But I could have quite happily left it at that, I think, if I if I didn't want to put more effort into the model. I would have been more than happy with it as a game standard. But there, there's been some, particularly some of the other brands, the sort of slightly yellowier or reddier ones, that I'm not quite so happy with. And my second thought is, I've seen a lot of people using contrast, um, and they do dry differently to a normal paint, to the shinier. And um, and I'm finding that they don't look anywhere near as good before you varnish them as after. Mm. So what I'm I'm tending to do more, which I never used to, is um, put a layer of some form of medium on in between layers, so I get an idea of where things are and what what's going on. So I'm using a lot more Lamy and medium for that, um, because I find that the shininess in the light can be really they can it can put you off your shading quite a lot. Mm. You can not work out where you, where your depth is, um, especially as it collects more in the crevices and it's shut. Therefore, it's shinier in the crevices, so it kind of throws you off a bit. So that's my that's my extra thoughts over the last month. Now I've had a little play with them. Good, but I will talk more about them when I do, when I talk about my troll. Okie dokie. Well, we shall all wait for that with bated breath. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> You are much more engaging when I can see you, which um, is actually a bit of a worry as we're doing a podcast now I come to say that. (laughs) I just realised what I said. That's fantastic. Right, moving quickly on. Uh, So I've been building Sector Mechanicus. So over the past six plus months, I've been getting the Kill Team Kill Zone boxes. So I had two Mm. of the Mechanicus two of the Munitorum, two of the Sector Frontieris, which actually turned into three, uh, thanks to the generosity of Mr. Gurney. Um, So I I thought it was about time I opened some of that and tried to do (laughs) some scenery. Uh, Basically, uh, Harriet had gone out for the day or something, and I was like, oh, I don't really want to paint but I want to get something hobby done. So I sat down and watched King of Thieves and clipped stuff out of sprues. Oh, my days. It took flipping ages. Four hours I was clipping stuff out for. It was mental. So I find um, the Mechanicus stuff has a lot of clipping yeah. and a lot of cleaning. Um, so then I've started putting stuff together, and oh, my goodness. They are incredibly cool. Like, the diversity and what you can put with what, and I was, like, looking at the... Sector Frontieras and the little like um, fan vents in that are compatible with the pipes from the um, from the Sector Mechanicus set, and I've started like 
building on this min, uh, mining world that Ben Chambers and I had come up with ages ago for for our campaign sort of setting. And I'm just having so much fun, dude. It is brilliant. So I've been, you can't really see them, but I've, I've, what I was doing yesterday, because I'm insane, is building some longer walkways. Yeah, but can you see that I've sort of custom made the barriers? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you don't get enough barriers to put all the way along the walkway. And I thought, you know, surely the Imperium of Man is a safety conscious employer uh, and would have <laughs> barriers. <laughs> <laughs> to to prevent its employees from falling off. I'm fairly certain that unions are a forgotten thing in Warhammer 40 I think the Inquisition <laughs> would view them very sternly. <laughs> <laughs> Heresy! Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, but... So, what I've been trying to do is build it in a way that Everything kind of looks like it has a place. So what I don't really like, and I've seen done a lot, is like random walkways for no reason. Yeah. So like, actually, even the sets come and I'm a bit like, so what purpose does that? What's the thing with the ferrotonic furnace in the middle, but then it's got like a cross shape of walkways? Um, uh, I can't remember what it's yeah. called, but. I can't remember what it's called, but I know the one you mean, yeah. I was like, well, what, 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 why are those there? What is that achieving? Um, so I didn't really like that. So I've tried to do, like on the first piece I did, I've got a couple of platforms that are like control panels and they sort mm. of, or they're accessing like gauges and things that are on the side. So you can imagine people climbing up. And Chris said to me, um, after I built the first one, the thing, the trouble with it is, and you see this a lot with Sex Mechanicus stuff. Um, it's high, but there's nowhere for the models to actually stand. Models can't really interact with it other than at ground level. Mm. So that's why I ended up adding some platforms, some access platforms. And then I got out some 32mm bases and was measuring them up to make sure that you would be able to fit three or four in each place um, so that they'd be suitable for gaming pieces. And then... The one I just showed you there, that's basically I've got a piece of pipe running along with a load of like control consoles to try and make it look like there's a reason to have that big long walkway. And the idea being that on the table, sort of one end will be more like the Sector Frontieris. You can imagine that would be like the habs where maybe the miners are living. And then towards the other end is, is becomes all this Mechanicum stuff and all the pipes are disappearing into the ground because they are either providing power to the mine or yeah. pulling yeah. stuff back out of it. Um, I've made, I've started mocking up something which uses some parts to act as like an incinerator. I said to Chris, knowing the Imperium, they're probably just incinerating the dead bodies of miners killed in accidents to power the, <laughs> the rest of the, the shizzle. Um, but, Today, I um, I was walking along and someone came up and they strong-armed me into Games Workshop Bristol uh, and forced me to uh, buy a frag drill, a tectonic frag drill. Um, <laughs> and uh, at the same time, acquire 
two of the Sanctus thingy-mabobbies that repair the Imperial Knights. Oh, they're, they're ace. I've got one of yeah. those. Yeah. And, um, and also order a third one. Um, but... Th- those are quite good because they've got, like, extra bits of gubbins. So if you're not using it as a piece of scenery, it's got, like, the toolkits and another little sort of controly dial thing that... Love it. By far and away, and, and obviously people are um, more than welcome to tell me that I'm wrong if I've missed something, but that pit, that kit is £25, and it comes with two of the sort of curved walkway things, four legs, the... Oh, I don't know what it is. The incinerator thing, the, the smaller, not yep. as big as the ferrotonic furnace, the next one down. Yep. And then a load of other gubbins, as you've already said, little control panel, a little welding thing, um, some other bits. So that's £25. For £45, the galvanic magma vent doesn't come with any of the specific, the little welder or the control panel and the little pipes. And it comes with one more sprue of walkways. That's it. So, obviously, if you want straight bits, it's no use. But actually, for walkway-type cool stuff, it's brilliant. So my plan now is I'm going to have two of those sacrosan forge shrine things um, put so that the walkways are like a circle. And then up another level, have another half. Yeah. And then have my frag drill going down in the middle. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And yeah. then for more height, I'm going to have a, another sort of conning tower with a control thing on it and have the crane. Because what I didn't realize until Jay told me in Bristol is that frag drill will sit on the little carriage from the Minotaurum set. So you can imagine them driving it along and then the crane picking it up. And aiming it into this construction and then it like lowering it onto its rails before it drills down into the And then I thought what I could do is build another one the same, but then do the frag drill sort of poking out of the ground. Like like sorry, <laughs> the back end of it coming up out of the ground. Yeah. So it looks like it's drilled into the ground. And it's and it starts to come together like you can build a table that it doesn't just look like a random collection of stuff. It's yeah. I mean, to be fair, you know, that is flipping absurd. I, I've i basically gone, right, I want a frag drill uh, and I want it to cost me about 120 quid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I want two of them. So it's not necessarily the most accessible thing, um, but, there, you know, you are left with loads of other... Let's, I'm not trying to cover it. It is expensive way of doing it, but you are left with other things. But I want to see some height with purpose. That's what I need. And I think by having that crane, you know, you're talking, you'd be, that would be a good 18 inches off the table. Mm. Um, obviously, then you have to think, I was thinking the other day, but the trouble with that is that's going to take like three turns to get up, three turns to get down. Unless so it might never this. be used. Yeah, unless you've got the, but then I suppose that's a good thing in a way because that creates objectives that can only really be, be got to in a reasonable amount of time by, Units such as Reavers mm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, it also gives you an, an ace place to put your Vindicare Assassin. Um, yeah. So yes, that's that, so that's all going to be uh, Luke's APS. So so um, you've talked about him before on YouTube. Really that's loving his awesome, videos. Awesome. Stuff. 
Yeah, so he's recently done a, a painting guide for this type of scenery, which I will be shamelessly stealing most of the ideas, lots of rattle cam work to start with. Um, and then I'm going to be using the airbrush and some washes to blend it into my brown Badlands mat. Um, so that's that's where this all this scenery is going to go. And then I've got some like um, strongholds and various other bits that I'm going to do, but do for snow mm. um, to have a snow for. I was going to use the Wall of Martyrs and like cut off all the dead guardsmen and put snow on there, because I don't really like the Dead Guardsmen, but they don't make the Vengeance Weapon Battery anymore. They don't make the big flipping Quake Cannon thing anymore. It's a shame, They don't though. make the Laz Cannon Battery thing anymore. There's loads of it they don't make, which makes me concerned that eventually they'll just stop making any of it. So I'm like, well, I won't, I'm just not going to bother um, doing that, because I don't want to get... I'm not going to get to that. There's other while. really good alternatives for trench systems as well. Yeah, there that, are. That now that we haven't got those big batteries, I, I'm I'm a lot more inclined to consider mm. things like TT combat, that kind of stuff. And you can yeah. get a board of trench works for a really reasonable price. And if you haven't got the batteries to go in it, then doesn't really matter, does it? No, about matching it all in, and then um, you don't have to carve off all the guardsmen either. <laughs> no, that's true. And then. Um, before I be quiet and let you you crack on, the only other thing is uh, I've sort of started sketching out. Um, actually, I have played a few games as well, which we normally go through, but I'll have to leave that because what should we do? Do that in the mortal realms if it's more appropriate. Trouble is, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, that's the problem when you get to. Oh, I'll things. cover it quickly. If people don't want to listen, just skip on with you know till Ben starts talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically game gaming wise i've been looking for a way to do something more regular and talking to harriet she's been really helpful and we've managed to agree that every other thursday um is is a suitable one because th the trouble is normally i wait till joshua goes to bed but he's been getting to bed later and later and, and when it's like nine o'clock that is far too late for me to go out to play a game yeah. um but so on a Thursday now, I go to uh, Big and the chaps from the Vanguard Gaming Club have started doing a gaming evening um, every other week um, in there. And they're getting out their scenery. They've got some lovely scenery, mostly have, 40k yeah. though. And I've been playing Age of Sigmar, so it's a bit like, oh, that's a shame. But I'm I'm playing 40k next, uh, oh, sorry, this Thursday. But I've played a couple of meeting engagements. Um, I played Dan Wosley and his Wanderers and he shot me dead. Won't be doing that in the future. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <And>, brutal. Uh, <laughs> burn. <laughs> and um, I also, I, I then played a chap called George and he used um, Gloom Spike Gits. And it was oh. ace, mate. They are so fun. They were so fun. He he was a bit unfortunate. Um, uh, the dice just, just didn't like him at all. Uh, but... That, so that was a good game. So a couple of meet engagements, really enjoy meet engagements and actually would love to see something similar through chapter approved for 40k. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, and if anyone's listening that's in Bristol, that can be found on Facebook um, or wants to travel. So that that's quite good. Going strong, 20, 25 people on both weeks they've done it so far. Um, so it's good. Um, I did play Dan as well, 2,000 points. He wanted to use all of his Glade Guard, all of his Wanderer's stuff, um, just because he's now 
his hobby mind now is cranking around to something new because of the changes recently. Yeah. And so he, he was like, oh, I just want to get one more 2K game in. Um, Killed them all. Yes! <laughs> no, I didn't quite kill them all. It was a good game. Um, it was a good game. Um, Dan, basically, my Blood Reavers just pulled a blinder. They went, they went something. It was ridiculous, dude. It was like, so they, they moved six, plus one for a horn, seven. They were whipped. So that's plus three, ten. But wow, it's plus three to a run, sorry. That's what the horn and the bat do. But then I have a command ability that lets me run six and still charge. So I moved 16 inches. And then I charged 2d6 plus the horn plus the three again. So I went a long way. That's filthy, fair dude. To say. And you whinge about corn. Filthy. That's filthy, man. I don't win. Do win. When do I win? I do, do not win. I do not win. Oh, the corn berserkers are going to get better. About time. <laughs> oh, uh, do you know what? We are going <laughs> to we are going to have to have a fight about that. I can't believe you. You're just automatically like, oh, chaos got something else. I'm going to have flipping baby about it. <laughs> I've got to write like I've got to write a Twitter post that's covering like it's so big that Twitter makes me split up into four or five different segments. <laughs> I have never done that you about know. your chaos army, but I will now. You've said that. You will now. You'll be on it now. <laughs> Corn Bazooka. How can there possibly be something dedicated to combat that's really good? Outrageous. Anyway. You finished. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, I should say. So that was that. Um, yeah, and I bought Warcry because I'm going to do the scenery because I think the scenery will go really well. Uh on my gaming table with my corn uh stronghold thing skull keeps yeah oh i did forget though the best tactical moment of dan and i's game is when i cast a prayer to do something that i thought was absolutely ace you mean a spell and i was so you huh? mean a spell shut up i mean a prayer <laughs> okay a prayer judgment thing i just i don't even know what i'm talking about okay a spell um <laughs> i cast this spell that basically i was so focused on the fact that i'd come up with this cunning tactical plan to draw his models out of place that i completely failed to see that one of my own units was closer that was in a different location so what i actually did i can see <laughs> she's coming um was draw i i am we are recording highly sought-after information here. Excellent. Thank you for my coffee. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I did was drew his models onto the objective, which was not a good idea. <laughs> it was excellent. But we had a good laugh about that. And I still won. So, um, yeah. Have you been doing anything? <laughs> Um, let me just find myself for a second. <laughs> how do you fo- how do you follow that? Um, what have I been doing? Oh, I've done t- I, well. The first thing I did was I um I painted Grom the paunch, which I absolutely loved every minute of that because he was the bad guy in the first. 
um, Warhammer Fantasy Battle set that I ever got. The one with the elves and the goblins in, but he was on card. Um, and I always wanted, when I was a kid, to try and replace all the card in it, eventually. Um, and I sort of managed to do that with the, the high elves. So I got Eltharion the Grim, and I got the Bolt Thrower. But I didn't even come close um, with the goblins. I, did, I didn't even start, to be honest. <clears throat> but um, when he came out on Last Chance to Buy, I picked him up, because I thought he would be really cool in my goblin army. And... Um, it would it would fit with that kind of retro, doing all the starters kits, sort of ongoing project I had, um, and I've left him till last because uh, I don't know why actually. I suppose I wanted to get in the hang in the swing of doing it because there's a lot of goblin mm-hmm. flesh on it. He's got his belly out, and it's quite a difficult surface to do. Um, oh man, I absolutely I really cannot express how much I enjoyed painting it because. It's a it's a lovely sculpt. It really, really is. It's um it's simple but detailed at the same time. It's absolutely dripping in character. Um the chariot looked complicated but didn't take very long at all. Um I used a lot of glazes on that, um, on the wood. So I rather than highlight up because all the panel lines are sculpted into it, all of the I thought it's gonna take me hours to individually highlight all of them. So I started with a lighter colour and just sort of glazed glazed it in until I was happy, and I, I, that was a much easier way of doing it. Um, painted the first time I've ever painted the old Warhammer Wolves, and they're, they're not good. <laughs> they're not easy to paint well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I used a lot of contrast paint on him um, to do s- certain things. So the Wolves I almost, almost exclusively used contrast paint on. Um, him, I used. I started the process of using, or sort of carried on the process of using it for glazes. So I did a lot of the glazes on his skin. Um, I tried putting a um, a skin coloured, like a proper fleshy colour. I think it was Gilliman flesh over the top of the green to tie it all together to change it, make it look him look a bit older. I that worked really well, and I was really happy with that. Um, I did uh, tried to do some. Um, Sort of, when a person has liver disease, they get like veins coming away from their tummy called Kappa Medusa, um, and I wanted something to break up that big expanse of green, so I did that, and I was really happy with how that turned out. Um, it was one of those models where you know when you're painting something and everything you think, oh, I'll, I'll do that and see how that works. It just worked, rather than mm-hmm. messing it up and being like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, or I could have done that a bit better. I just it felt like everything fell into place. That's how I feel every time we record this podcast. <laughs> Everything fell into place right up until I put the basing material on. So I had a pot of this basing material left over from my Titans that I thought would be fine because it was... I didn't want to use the stuff from the Games Workshop pots because as much as I like using them, it's quite expensive and um, it, you know, it can cost quite a lot of money when you texture in one of those big oval bases. So I used this sort of gravel mix that I had I put it on the base, and I was letting it dry, and I sat there thinking, what on earth is that smell? First I thought the sink was backing up, then I changed the bins, then I made sure that one of the kids hadn't left a, a poo in the toilet and not flushed it, and I was going around, and then eventually I picked it up, the base, after it was dry, and realised it absolutely stank of poo, and I have no idea why, it was utterly horrific, 
so, so absolutely gutted. I couldn't scrape it off because um, it would have just made an awful mess. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll try and like, you know, paint it and you know do all these things to try and stop the smell, which it did, and it sort of got a bit better. Um, then I then I got a can of Febreze and just absolutely doused it in Febreze. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, it right. works quite well as a shiny varnish, actually, Febreze, just for the record. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, then I finished the base off with the herbs and everything. Now it doesn't smell at all of the first smell, but absolutely reeks of Febreze. <laughs> you can smell it from like a foot away. It's terrible. So, so you've got an interesting mix of Febreze, shit, and herbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I, I do think I'm onto something though. I reckon that like smelly models are the are the way forward. So we can have like <laughs> gun smoke in the bolt gun metal, that kind of stuff, you know. But yeah that's a great so on your grom i think he's wonderful um i I really really do i think especially the skin tones you've really hit your stride with those skin tones i think they're excellent um i I really like it and i i think the only part of the miniature that even looks like it doesn't come from current stuff is the wolf Mm. um i feel like the rest just and that's only because they're all the same pose, aren't they? Or very similar. Um, I could have swapped the um, wolves they, for the Fenrisian ones. I've seen people do that. But. Yeah, but then I, I almost think that wouldn't have quite. I don't know if that. But anyway, I think he looks fantastic, and he absolutely fits in your army. Mm. I think it's, it's an excellent homage to one of the legends models. Yeah. I really think it is. Um, yeah, I think you went the right way because I know you were um and iron about whether or not to actually paint it in the old, brighter, red yeah. time yeah, cause... look. But I think you, you've you've got a good compromise there with what you've done. So, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I did um and about the bright red, because I quite like painting old models in their old colours. Um, and my army is red and cream, essentially. Um and his flag, really usefully, was red and cream. So the one when I copied that, I was quite chuffed with that. But I just changed the red from a bright red to the sort of desaturated red that I use. Um, yeah, I was really happy with how he turned out. And I, I can't, I can't now, I, now I can't wait to do Eltharion and put them in flight next to each other. Because um, hmm. that's happening, for real. What about your troll? Have you finished the Dankhold troll? No, that was the next thing I moved on to. It feels like I haven't done much this last four weeks. I'm not sure why. Um, well, you've had a whole week this week where I don't think you've done anything. Have no, you? I haven't done anything for the last week. What I and you've worked on two sort of character pieces. Yeah, I did put together. Um, Oh, no, I know what I've done. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dankhold Trogoth, I really sat down and thought, right, I'm going to do this using contrast paints as much as I possibly can. Um, and I used not one thick coat. I actually watered it down, so it would it roughly worked out about three coats because um, there were some larger surfaces, and I wanted to try and better manage the pooling. Um, and then did a very simple highlight on that, um, very little else, um, some sort of bright highlights on the knuckles, and then glazed in 
um, shades across it to get like the pinkness in the tummy and the nose and all, mainly using contrast to start with and then bringing it up using the pinks. I really, really love how that's turned out just using the contrast paints. And um, it's taken me, I've worked on it for about six hours now and I reckon it saved me about three in total. Um, mm. I'm now at the point where I'm just highlighting it up. I don't think I've got much more to do on it. Um, and by highlighting it up, I mean the mushrooms and all that horrible stuff that they have all over them that just takes hours to pick out. But um, I, I'm quite happy with how he's turning out, actually. Um, I wanted to have... because. I have this vision in my head that I want my Gloom Spike Gits army to be able to pick from all of the different builds. So I've got, I want to have enough trolls that I can field at least a thousand points of trolls. Um, so I'm trying to work out whether or not I want all of the Dankhold Trogos to be the same colour. And I'm thinking possibly them all being greens of some description, but not the same greens. But I wanted to try and find a way where I could do that quickly because I don't want to be spending like three weeks on a model, um, mm. which is. I would be tempted to go with with different colours, but sort of maybe have like a unifying glaze or something, like a tint. Well, one of the things um, I have been using is is pink, the pink noses, the pink bellies on the trolls, to try and tie them all together across the army. I suppose we'll only really find out whether that's worked when I put them all on the table. <laughs> but, um, which is, is coming to that point. I've made the decision to make this year the year of the green skin, and I'm, I've been putting together all of my old orcs, which is at the same time I realised that they don't sell the normal orcs anymore, because I wanted to get at least one unit of ball boys and one unit of the, of the normal guys, but they're gone. <clears throat> Which I'll cover in a little bit as well. We're going to talk about that in the Mortal Realms bit. Mortal Realms, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, so I've put together the fifth edition starters kit with the orcs with the waving their hands above the head, cheerleader orcs. Yeah. Um, the YMCA. YMCA orcs, orcs yeah. I think. Um, and I've put together uh, a couple of the chariots, um, the ball boy boss from that box set too. Um, yeah. So by the time I've done all that, I'll have done all the green skins across all the boxes, which will leave me in a really strong position to get a lot of the backlog of starter skits done, which is something I'm really keen to do. Do you know what we should do when you've done that? Is we should, over like a year, play through each one. Yeah. But the problem is I'm putting them all on round bases. Oh, well, that's all right with them. <laughs> we, can, work around we, can, we can work around that. Um. The other thing I've done is, because I got excited about Grom, I got excited about my High Elves. Um, so I, I sat down and worked out how many of them I've got to paint. And it's painful. Ah! <laughs> I think, didn't you send me this, actually, as a file? Yeah. You did. Yeah, I have o over a hundred Loth and Seaguard. Which I'm kind of... I've been umming and ahhing a lot recently since the changes, which we'll talk about later, as to whether or not to even do them. But I decided, like, over this holiday, I am. Because I, I always wanted a, a big army of High Elf Spearmen, and I'm going to have a big army of High Elf Spearmen. Whether I can use them or not, I will find rules to use them. Um, 
I don't really care. I thought they were called Spire Guard. I'm sure they still exist. In the... They do. Ex- they do exist now. Um, like I said, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so that was quite good fun. Because um, I got all them out, had a good old look through, did a little bit of tinkering with them. Um, yeah, very. That was quite good fun actually. Bit daunting, but I didn't. I haven't left them out. I packed them all away again, so I don't get overwhelmed by the amount of models I've got to paint. Yeah, that's a good idea. But that's for next year. I'm hoping also to get the... Um, if things go really well, I'm hoping to get the Black Reach Orcs done and the second edition Orcs done as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if I get into my stride with batch paint in green, because um, I'm going to be using the same skin tones for both, um, be a lot of lot of um, batch speed painting, army painting for the next four or five months, but I think it'll be worth it, because I do need to break the back of it. Mm. Really. But there you go, that's, that's been my hobby. Um, Ace. So what about than... the month ahead? What are you What are you doing? What Are you going to get, the, obviously you get the dank hold done, I presume? Yeah, and I've got the, the um, I forget his name, but the, the, the boss man um, with the moon staff. Oh, what's he called? Scragrot. Yeah, him. I got him to do. Um, the moon spoke to me once. I've also got the sneaky snufflers, the gobble palooza, and some more of the normal trolls to do. But I have because I haven't done the plastic ones of those yet. No. Um, but the first thing I'm going to do now, I'm home. Once I've finished editing this podcast, <laughs> my first bit of hobby is going to be um, uh, like planning the rest of the year out. Oh right, okay. And then forming some form of mantra that I don't get distracted by all the awesome stuff that's being released. Yeah. Which might be impossible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. That's my hobby desk. I haven't played any games. I very rarely do, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. So now, in a weird kind of way, we're going to hand over to Future Us's to... Um, to do the 40k segment. And we're going to uh, go off yes. and record the community segment. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confident it will be seamless and no one will know, even though we've discussed it several times <laughs> in the last <laughs> beginning of the podcast. Um, yeah, so that's cool. I still need to finish this section, though, by saying we'll see you in the galaxy of war. Yeah, we will. Get on with it, then. Come on. In that case... We'll see you in the galaxy of war. Welcome to the galaxy of war at last, where my grasp of technology would be certainly no better for the help of the Mechanicum or the Omnisire. Um because it has just taken an inordinate amount of time just to get this thing to record. So, Ben, how are you this <laughs> evening? I'm fine. It's a bit like a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure film to this time, isn't it? Yes. The future us's and past us's. And... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm good. good so, good. lots of uh, pretty awesome stuff happening, as is often the case when we, because we've been a month away from it, um, loads has come out. Or been announced or shown. So where do you want to start, buddy? Oh, I... The new Dark Angels? Yeah, why not? 
Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so um, it's a really unfortunate thing that Games Workshop keep trying to plug the Dark Angels. It's like there's some kind of relevant chapter, especially that they keep putting them in as as loyalists. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but the model of the Praetor in the Terminator armor is flipping awesome. It, it is absolutely stunning, and um, you know I have to say these things because I'm a space wolf. But once I, once... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> once they're out the way, let's uh, let's get on to how I actually feel about it. That is one of the best Praetor models they've done, without a doubt. I would be very, very happy if I was a Dark Angel player. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like High Marshal Hellbrecht, like, but better. It just looks like a knight, doesn't he? Like a like a knight yeah. from the oldy world. <laughs> With a Volkite charger. With a Volkite charger. Or a Volkite yeah. pistol or whatever it is. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I sent a pitch to Ben Chambers. I was like, look at this, it's amazing. And his sort of um, response was, how's Ben taking it? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Is the answer to that. Not well at all. Yeah. No, it's it's really very, very nice. Um, I do love the... Um, well, I think I probably love both aesthetics, but I, I particularly love the Dark Angels 30k aesthetic. Like, from the moment I saw how they... What designs they've gone with on the front of the novels for um, Forest Heresy, and then them realised as miniatures. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I'd be half tempted to do them as an army if they weren't Dark Angels. (laughs) 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 Um, Maybe it's for the best that they are, dude. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and and the Dreadnought is nice too. Hmm. The Dreadnought is nice too, although. I have to say, with with the dreadnoughts, a lot of forge world dreadnoughts. The head is um, the head is kind of flat. It's not in a in a sort of head shaped groove. I know that sounds daft, but there's like a flat surface, and the helmet sticks onto the flat surface. And the helmet is kind of like a three quarter helmet. Um, yeah. and I found I very nearly bought the space wolves one until I saw that because it didn't have much of a gorget on the armor, you could see that join really clearly, and it put me off quite a lot. Um. Yeah. So I tend to find with those dreadnoughts that I have to see them in person to to know how I, whether that is obvious or not on that particular sculpt. But um, from the pictures they put up, it looks really nice. Yeah, it is. I really like it. Um, when I did mine, because I used the plastic, I um, cut all that out, all the head out, and put in a head off a Power Armor Marine to... Oh really? Give me more posability so they could like look around and stuff. How uh, how 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 similar are they in size? Very. Really? I suppose if you've got a pack yeah. of centurions as well, they've got yeah bigger heads, haven't they? Big helmets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll dig them out at some point for the salamander ones. Um. So yeah. So dark little little spaceman released from Forge World. So um, whizzing back into the future. Back to the Future. Um, was that your attempt at the Back to the Future theme song? It was, and then I was like, well, that's not very good, is it? No, no. Da, 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 da. That's better. Okay. Go, give that's it some better. effort, man. <laughs> I know, I know. I was a bit like, oh, gosh, what's going on? Um, so, what have we got? I have got to, in no particular order, I have got to talk about Aeronautica, dude. Yeah, no, go for it. It looks Awesome. So, 
um, completely uh, in a box game with hex based movement, which looks to be to do with maneuvers and things like that, and having having that being much more structured. Yeah. Um, completely uh, new miniatures, so there's none none of the models that are currently or were used to be made for it are part of the new range. They might be the same design, but they're a bigger, they're a different size miniature. So it's scaled with Titanicus. Yeah. Um, uh, plastic as well, which is awesome. Uh, I don't really know very much at all about the rules other than just watching the video. It looks like there's a load of counters. It's on a little tiny playing surface, but I absolutely love the models really excited i think the orc models are are superb really really cool they are great um yeah and uh what i already want to do is get some of the from titanicus you know the the spires that they've bought out yeah yeah get some of them and put them around the like in some of the hexes yeah that'd be cool uh, so it looks like like they're dog fighting in around the hives and stuff yeah that would be ace i am um... I, I love the Thunderbolt. I've loved the Thunderbolt ever since um is it Dave Andrews made it? Yeah, yeah, in the little diorama. Yeah, superb. Ever since I saw that I've been obsessed with it. Um and then when I read Double Eagle it was sealed. Absolutely loved yeah, that book. Oh, that's a great book. And um so I hope they really release it as alongside that game. Yeah. Yes, I do too. I, I hope they re-release it, and I hope they re-release it in a decent format because people who, it's like with the Iron Snake book, um, Brothers of the Snake, when they re-released that, it was just a paperback, and if you if you voted for it to come back as a book, <laughs> you're going to have it in at least paperback. So, yeah, bit of a shame. Yeah, but um, it it, uh, it looks a little bit, in some ways, like um. That World War Two one, Blood Red Skies, that they've just done, where on the bases you can angle them so they're going up or down, or tilted left and right. Yeah, yeah I thought it looked a bit like that. Um, I quite like that, because it makes the board look a little bit more dynamic, rather than more just sort of facing one direction. Mm. Um, I was quite excited when I saw that. Or that I hope the bases are going to be strong enough to... <laughs> to withstand the punishment that they're inevitably going to get hmm. doing that all the time, but um, I do like that, and I'm, I'm really—I was actually quite chuffed to see that. I do. You, well, I'm not sure that it is like that. That's what I've seen. Well, that's what I got from some of the pictures. Oh, okay, I'm not very well, keen on that, so I hope it isn't. But for you, I hope <laughs> it is because I know you like it. But I think it just looks stupid. Do um, you? Yeah, because it, it, you've got a model. Right next to the table that's just angled, pointing into the ground. I don't like it. Mm, okay. So that's In fact, it's one of the main reasons I didn't buy that game. Because visually, I just think it it doesn't look right. Uh-huh. So um, I didn't buy it. Which is fine, because I've got enough games. And I'm glad well, maybe, they're just po- maybe they're just sort of, sort of posable on their bases. Maybe. Well, we'll see. But it looks very good and apparently not long to wait. Autumn time, I think. Interesting. Yeah. So here's an interesting... So why do you think they went for that rather than Battlefleet Gothic, for example? Um, Because I, th- I think with Battlefleet Gothic, 
um, they're going to have... Let's do it in reverse. With that one, they kind of already have a scale. Mm. Um, So the Titanica scale. So if they wanted to bring the two together, they could do it. Um, They're pretty used to, I'm assuming by now, taking the Forgeworld sculpts and turning them into that scale. Um, They've probably got some kind of formula for doing that, either with the digital sculpts or physically. Um, Whereas with, with Battlefleet Gothic... I guess as well, they must have been fairly happy with the rule set that they had. Whether I don't know whether it's changed or not, we'll have to see. But with Battlefleet Gothic, I think there's a lot to do. There's a fair few spaceship games out there, or spaceship model ranges. Yeah. And um, I, I think there's, it's almost got to go from the ground up, hasn't it? It's been such a long time since that game has been around that I'd be thinking about, if it was me, about whether or not they wanted to keep the same scale, whether they they wanted to change the scale, whether they, what they wanted to include attack wings of fighters on a, on a slightly larger scale, all sorts of stuff, really. Um, yeah, I guess I was thinking... And then they've got to sculpt them right from scratch. Yeah, I guess I was... Yeah, that's a really good point I hadn't really considered, because I was just thinking, because Battlefield Gothic, for me... Visually, apart from some of the other fleets, like the Necrons are a bit weird, but the Imperium and the Chaos visually just look cracking, mm. even now. Um, they just aren't available. But I guess they're going to want to to add some fresh and new stuff in, and then it becomes about resources, doesn't it? So something like Aeronautica is a a more reasonable bite of the pie i suppose and looking at that it's it's probably going to be one sprue yeah one sprue of of models whereas i think it like i said and this is only what i would be doing i'd be thinking of making um the scale maybe half as big again so that Mm. the the ship the capital ships are bigger loads more detail um and that they're going to be a sprue each Mm. really yeah Um, yeah yeah, that's that's my that's my thoughts on it. Um, I I also think Dan is that there's not a lot of emotion when it comes to um, aeronautica. There's an awful lot of emotion when it comes to Battlefleet Gothic. Yeah, uh, but then they've <laughs> handled that with Blood Bowl, um, was the big one for that. Yeah, because it was such a massive following still. Um, yeah, but hey ho, there's only so much time to paint anyway. Um, so that's Aeronautica. Um, so moving on from Aeronautica, so we'll stay with specialist games. So we've got the Enforcers now. Oh, um, yeah, we do come along. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, really um, cool, aren't they? Already loads of really cool stuff, like that people are doing with them. Yeah. Um. So, uh, putting like the the stormtrooper heads on them. Um. All yeah, loads of cool stuff. Um, really like that. Really like the helmets. I, I, I think it's just going to be a great kit for forty k in general. Yeah. Tom um, is uh, excuse me, dudes is looking at doing those guys um, for Inquisitor, not for Inquisitor. Getting confused now for Necromunda um, as part of our campaign when we eventually get round to doing our campaign. Yeah. Um but yeah, they they do look very cool. 
very, very cool. And the book is got, I've read quite a few really positive reviews about the, um, the book that as book. well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, apparently a really good addition. Did you see the article on the top 10 bits from the Enforced Kits? No. Yeah, so um, I really liked it because it, it highlighted things that I hadn't actually seen on the kit at all. Um, okay. One of them is that there's there's kneeling legs in there. Um, is there? Which, yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. Um, exactly, that. I hadn't seen a photograph of that at all, so I was quite chuffed to see that. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also... Um, like a guy holding a, a revolver with a with a uh, torch underneath, like in all oh, the cop yeah. films. Yeah, um, like that a lot. Um, what else was in there? Sniper oh, and the, the, a two-handed the pistol. That's cool. Mm. Sorry, just having a drink because my throat's getting a bit dry. Um, yeah, so I I, I quite like that article because yeah, oh, manacles. Good. Um, manacles. <laughs> so you basically, you know, often you miss bits on kits from the previews, um, which in some way leaves a bit of excitement for when you open the box and you're like, oh, cool, I hadn't seen that before. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm now looking at them thinking they would, they would make really cool, I don't know, husk cars for my space walls or something. <laughs> yes. They are, they're even more usable for other things than the stuff we've seen so far for Necromunda, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, I, I expect to see loads of their bits all over, like, Inquisitor, um, 28 and, um, you know, various places like that. I think we're going to see, I see them coming up a lot. I think they're really excellent. Mm, very nice. Very nice. So, um, moving on from there, is it time to talk about the Space Marines? You've been putting it off. <laughs> I know I've been putting it off. I've been going. I've been going all the way around the houses. There's a new land speeder for Heresy as well for White Scars. Just yep. so you know. Um, come on, let's just talk about the Space Marines. Angels of Death. Yes, man. <laughs> they are coming back. And they're coming via drop pods that is going to be interesting. Um, so what do hey? you think? I well, missed that. Well, no, there's a drop pod. Basically, they've given the drop pods a rule so that they don't, they don't suffer from the not being able to come down in the first turn or something like that. Oh, cool. So that's quite that's cool. That's excellent. But can a Primaris get in a drop pod? I don't expect so. I don't know. See, I mean, still, what is that about? <laughs> it's just, just so infuriating. It's, oh, never mind. I'm sure one day there will be a Primaris drop pod. Oh, they'll work out how to get in the other ones without banging their heads on the door and we'll be less <laughs> <Yeah>. anguished. Um... <laughs> it's a bit like those old computer games like Goldeneye where... Um, when the enemies were running away and it would glitch and they'd just run into a door and they'd just keep running but couldn't like yeah. get through it. Um, yeah. It's just the like worst that. one for that was Hidden and Dangerous. Oh, right. <laughs> the, that, they, that glitched so badly, it was unbelievable. The, the people would just sort of drop through the floor and, and go off the map and keep going and you could swap to them because you were in a team and you'd be able to watch the map disappearing above your head. It was, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Um, Yes, so what I absolutely love Phobos armor. 
the more I see of it, the more I, I love it. Yeah. Um, the, the new poses or the new multi-part kits, the, the models that they've got assembled and pictured look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really liking their variant. Can't forget their name, not the infiltrators, the other ones. Um, seeing as I've got internet now in my shed, I can look that up very quickly. Um, here we are. The Incursor Squad. Um, with the like specialist, um, sites so that basically they, no one has any benefit from cover when they're mm-hmm. being shot at by them, which I think is filthy. Um, <laughs> that is, <laughs> it's cool. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really liking them and I just, I, I'm really excited by the whole concept. Do you remember when Jess Goodwin was talking about in the podcast how basically he, they they designed all the different variants of armor and the marines were trained and using all the different variants of armor now and i can see this happening for the aggressor suit and and happening yeah. for various other things so um i wonder what sort of um heavy walker the aggressor people will get <laughs> <laughs> they'll mount the dreadnought in a dreadnought <laughs> yeah yeah that would be immense <laughs> yeah but I, I suppose, like, when it was just the Astartes, it really felt like there was nowhere else they could go with it yeah. without doing something odd. And when they did try and do that, like the Centurions, it, it didn't really go down 100% well, did it? No. Um, whereas now, with all the various different suits of armour, it just feels like your options are endless. Whereas Primaris have, you know, have been received with nothing but adulation. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. It, it's just like opening up a whole new world, isn't it, really? Um, so let's talk about a couple of things. I, I'd like to talk about the characters, really, because um, we were discussing Tigarius, weren't we? And you, you said you're not keen, and you've never really been keen of his model on his model. No, I never have ever. I don't know why. I, I just, I, I don't, I really don't know why. It's one of the few Space Marine models that consistently I have never liked. Um, which is unusual. Um, I can't really think of another one that I haven't. But I think because this one does such a good job of capturing what the old ones look like, I don't like it because it looks like the old ones. <laughs> which, is a, <laughs> which is a bit of a shame. Um, That's fantastic. I think it comes from when I was a, when I first got started getting into Warhammer. One of the guys I used to play with played Ultramarines. And... Um, he, I can't remember how he pronounced it and how I pronounced it, but I pronounced it wrong. Um, and he gave me such a chewing out about how I said Tigerius or Tig, whatever, however you would pronounce it, that it really put me off. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I used to avoid playing with him as much as possible or speaking any of the names around him (laughs) because he was a bit older than us. Um, yeah. So he, I, uh, sorry, gone. I was just going to say, I, I, that was when he, he said tyranids, and I used to say tyranids. Um, yeah. And when he heard me say tyranids, he, uh, we went on for about an hour. <laughs> 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 yeah. I like um, it. They've done the same thing as with the psyker from the, is it Shadow Spear box? Yeah. Where he's got. The gloved hands, excuse me, 
the gloved hands. And I like that with a psyker because you can imagine them taking them off and like laying them on someone and like drawing out their soul. Um, yeah, it, it's that's I'd not thought about that. I wonder if they are don't have clean, you know, plateless hands underneath. I'd really like that if they didn't, because then it you get the that idea a bit like the um, guy from. Um, Oh, Starship Troopers! Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I yeah, I really hope that's true. <laughs> so, so on a less sensible thing, did you see the um, Dan Cottle posted a picture uh, drawing the similarity between the skull motif on his banner and the wizard Tim from Monty Python Quest for the Holy Grail? No, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's an excellent. It's excellent when you see it side by side, uh, and you won't look at that model without thinking about. Some call me Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. So, um, Kasaro Khan, then. Oh my days! Isn't he amazing? Yeah, yeah. He really is. I, it, it's just. As much as I don't like the Tigerius model, it's got nothing to do with the model, if that makes any sense. It's a design, it's an aesthetic thing, and there's always going to be aesthetic things that you don't like. But what those two models have both done is excited me so much about the primaris kind of evolution of characters. Cause that Khan model is, oh, so it's good. It's stunning, isn't it? Like, it's ev- so oh, good. there's so many great things that, the fact that he's got like the leather glove for the for the eagle to sit on, uh, yeah. The sculpting on the feathers on that eagle, oh, and the fur on his oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, and even it like really the horse tails and stuff, they just and look like I'm just noticing looking at his blade that the pommel has got the little horse on the bottom. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's linking them more into that culture, isn't it? That that yeah. kind of step step culture that and it, I think it's really cool. Even like on his chest, he's got the two bits of braid coming across, and then yeah. the Crooks Terminatus. I love that. That harkens back to to older models. Yeah, um, it's something you've seen before. So yeah, just all round a flipping stunning miniature that is. Really, really good. Um, yeah. Really Agreed. Um, so then, uh, and I am literally just scrolling down the page. So the, uh, what is this called? The, is it called the Invic- Invictor Tactical Warsuit? Yeah. Designed yeah. with sound dampening materials. Enabling yeah. it to move at great speed with minimal noise output. This thing is awesome because it makes me think of the Walker things from Matrix. Yeah, yeah, I totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love it, mate, and I love the articulation. So, and you've seen that evolution through dreadnoughts, really. Um, yeah. I've always felt like dreadnoughts should be able to be a bit more po, not mental, but a bit more posed. And I, I had a lot of fun with um, the plastic contemptor kits, giving them some momentum and some maneuverability. Um, but this, have you done the latest one? No, I haven't done the Redemptor. The Redemptor? Have you not? Oh, me. Why would I have a Redemptor? I don't know, because it's amazing. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. So, yeah. 
And it, and that heavy bolter counts as a pistol in combat. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I, I really like it. I really, I really like it. Um, because it's not like a dreadnought. It looks like a dreadnought, but it's not a dreadnought. It, it's got so many features that say it's just a battlesuit that a lighter version. Um, I, I really like it. <laughs> I know yeah. it's, I know there's people who don't, and that's fine. But it's it's just it's aesthetic is aesthetic is a diff, difficult thing, um, and you know there'll be things that people do and don't like. I I like a lot about it, and I think one of the things looking at it that it, it looks like someone has really thought about how would you make something lighter without sensibly sort of damaging its tactical ability. So the fact that it's got a roll cage on it rather than carapace, I think is something that they would do. The Space Marine is a highly armoured trooper. He's basically wearing a tank anyway. Mm. So why would you put inches of ceramite in it in front of him to to weigh the whole thing down when the whole purpose was to lighten it up and make it quieter? Mm. Um, it, if Having the pistol on his hip it makes it feel like the the suit is designed to interact with the environment more. Yeah. So he can stow it and he can move things out of the way. Um, I just <laughs> I had this wonderful image of when I first saw it of him sort of pushing a large fern tree out of the way and peeking around it. <laughs> 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 um, I just yeah, I think it looks great, and if it's, it's if anywhere near as poseable as as the uh, Redemptor. It's gonna be brilliant. I think it looks wonderfully poseable. Like the just the pose of the one they've shown is really nice. And um yeah, all those guns, man. It really does it really does feel like the one because in the Matrix the weapons that they've got are like stowed on the hip. High caliber machine guns, aren't they really? Yeah. And are... I, I really hope that there's an option to put Bolt, bolt gun on the other arm as well, so you can have like two power fists with bolt guns. Because <laughs> I'd love like a gun slinging space wolf one. <laughs> like, yeah. like it would be brilliant. Yeah, absolutely love it. It's um one of the things I've noticed with the Primaris is that the space wounds are getting a massive return of the heavy stubber. Well, I don't think these. Were, so I've been reading about this online. These aren't. I don't believe these are heavy stubbers. Um. They they look very similar to heavy stubbers, but they are a lot more substantial weapons than more dacker. Yeah. So um, and what? But what I really like about them is they look a lot more lightweight the way these are designed than things like the heavy bolters, and that yeah. really fits with the the kind of the theme of the yeah sneaky yeah. ones, doesn't it? Yeah. It does um, completely agree. Yeah. So so that's what I've been really enjoying. Um so I'm just looking to see if there was any more detail. But I, I'm sure there is somewhere, but I'm I'm not sure around the rules itself. Yeah. Um uh, one of the things I've read said that there's loads of extra bits in the box, enough that you could make a unit of three and they'd all look or, or more and they'd look completely different. What three so, of those war suits? No, not from one box, but you can. No, make no, 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 no! I didn't think that. 
there's enough there's enough bits in there that you could make each one so individual that you could have three or four of them and they, you'd make them all look different, <laughs> which is really cool. That is very cool, isn't it? I like that. Um, I'm just going yeah. through. So, yeah. So, what does it say here? So, an a redemptive dreadnought strip. That why is this called? Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Twin iron hail auto cannon. So that's what it's got in its arm, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, primary weapon in the form. So, so that thing on its arm is is flipping deadly. Heavy six, strength seven, AP minus one, damage two, 48 inch range. So that's pretty cool. Um, or it can have like a flamethrower. So, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, were you, sorry, were you in the middle of saying something and then I just started talking? No, no, I, well, I don't think so. Okay, well, that's good. P- probably um, was, but. Uh, you probably thanks. were. So the Impulsor. Yes. Uh, yes. So I, I thought, yeah, I like it. Um, it fits like the the uh, Rhino evolution thing really, really well. Love like the sort of design of the front a lot. What I hadn't realised, and I think is really, really cool, is it's open top. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. So the back has got like handrail things for the guys to sort of cling on, like um, yeah, on on the kind of a sort of cavity in the back it, oh, it looks so good where have you seen an image like that then um there was a picture of it from behind i'm pretty sure i saved it on my phone so if you give me a second yeah yeah that's fine um because that that sounds very cool yeah as soon as i saw that i was like completely in love with it because i can imagine doing all sorts of really cool conversion work with that like having the guys hanging off of it uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, as in, maybe I didn't save it, but I'm. So it actually puts me a little bit in mind of a Star Trek shuttle. <laughs> really? Yeah. There's no, one. Okay. There's a really old one. Uh, type eighteen something or other, whatever. But I'll uh, I'll send you a picture of it later. It 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 <laughs> it does remind me. Like I love it. That's not a you know. You, well, you know I love Star Trek, so that's not in any way. Uh, does not in any way fail to be the compliment. I can actually see what you mean now about the railing on the back, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a, like a, a picture of it from behind. Cause... So, interestingly, it still only carries six models. On the back, yeah. Yeah, not not much of a high troop capacity, is it? No, which is interesting. I love. I think it looks really brutal, which I like. Yeah, I do too. No, not up yet. So, I allow you to keep going with looking for that. Um, and I'm very sorry to those listening, because I am conscious that more than ever, I'm doing what Ben tells me not to do and clicking all over the place um, to look at things. But there's just so much. It's outrageous, isn't it? I, I actually, to be fair, what I should have done is got the iPad, and then it wouldn't have been the sound of my mouse. But it's a bit late now. I've already 
annoyed people enough with my moving. So, um, more of the sniper dudes, characters from Shadow Spear, and new ones, and new ones. Yeah, stunning looking codex. So supplements, dude. So we know there's the Ultramarines, and we know there's the White Scars. Yeah, uh, I I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm. Really, really do. Um, they look pretty chunky as well. Yes, they do. Well, they're seventeen fifty, so they and they're hardback, so I'd imagine they are pretty chunky. Um, there's six sort of hinted at. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea because there's a lot of kind of commonality between the chapters that you get from the Space Marine Codex. But then there's a lot of specific stuff from, from a lot of the chapters that just you can't you can't fully encapsulate by just giving them a special rule that covers the whole chapter, like the white white scars. I mean, for crying out loud, there probably isn't a more specific chapter than the white scars. It's so niche in what it does um, and how people collect them. You know, as every white scars player I've ever met doesn't want infantry; they just want bikes <laughs> lots and lots of bikes um so i think it's really cool and i can't wait to see what they actually give the individual forces and and whether or not we're going to see things like the space wars the dark angels and all the ones that traditionally had their own codex are going to become supplements which would be quite cool i think because um it'll bring them in line with everything actually and as much as I love the Space Wolves, I don't think that I don't think it's that they should have their own book, whereas people like the White Scars don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah fair enough. Agree with that. Um, so, talking a little bit about other bits and pieces I've seen. So, the White Scar Primaris upgrade pack. Have you seen that? Uh, I. I did, but I didn't really register it. I've got to be honest, I've not been a massive fan of the Primaris upgrade packs at all. Hmm. This one is the best one yet. So, got some really distinctive parts, but it comes with a transfer sheet as well for White Scars. A high I five GW. That's really cool. Yes, yes. So I love that because, I mean, I've been thinking, I've been kind of saying, oh, I wish they would just do transfer sheets. I wish they would just, and they've gone, well, let's just do both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's really cool. Um, I do too. That's a really, really cool idea. I was just going to go and look. Yeah, so it's £15. Um, you get three different heads. You get an arm holding some heads uh, and a couple of other, like, tail bits. You get the... Shoulder pads, as you normally do. Um, a curved chainsword, so like a scimitar chainsword type thing, or a, a, what are they called? Tulwa? What? There's a name for that kind of blade that they use, which is like slightly curved. I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then I got no open remembering. Um, and then it also comes with a with a transfer sheet with a bunch of stuff on. So yeah, I really like it. I think it's really good. Um, it's the first one that I've thought, yeah, that's really good. Like that. Um, and the dice. So the White Scars dice, meh. But the, the Ultramarine dice are amazing. They're actually legible. <laughs> and, and cubes. 
as well. So yeah, but do they I think bounce? They're really good. Well, if they don't I bounce, do. they're no good. Sorry. Yeah, well, no, they're not squig dice now. <laughs> so um, yeah. So brilliant. So the question is, how do I not do a space marine force, Ben? Uh, you should do a space marine force and stop being such a heretical little bitch. So then the question becomes, do you do ultramarines? Because we we know I love ultramarines. Yeah. And they are the poster boys. And I would love to do them in a kind of... Like, still go with the older school paint style with the, the yellow trim and the red bolt guns, but do it more your style with the, the desaturated colours and do more weathering and stuff on it. Um, because I just, yeah, they would just look flipping awesome. Um, or, cause then, of course, I saw the picture of one of them painted up as a salamander. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then Tom has been painting his Titans, Legio Furens Titans, using some of my Fallout stencils, which is another thing I bought a load of and haven't used yet. Um, and he's got the flame ones. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. And I really like their their chapter tactic as well. <sighs> They're going to have their own... <laughs> and I'm sat here wearing a Salamander's T-shirt as well. They're going to have their own supplement as well, dude. Oh, and it's... Do you reckon? Yeah, of course they are. I don't know if they will, though, because... Oh. I'm, See, I reckon all the... This f- is the trouble with Space Marines. This is why you cannot collect Space Marines. Because I went through this when I was, like, 12. <laughs> you just, every chapter is amazing. And you just want to collect... Except for... Who do I think is not amazing? Iron Hands. Not keen on the Iron Hands. No, nah, they can go and shut themselves in a space hulk for as far as I can see. Yeah, not not really interested in that. Having read uh, about the, uh, the Fenris Sector... Campaign books. I am well off of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I agree. I'm not really into them either. Although they're getting an awesome new character. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, and the problem is the thing that stopped me up to now has been that I I don't I don't know I don't feel like I'd want to have non-primaris units if I came fresh to a Space Marine army now. And there hasn't been a big range, but now there is a big range, and you know that range is only going to get bigger. Good, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. it's not good. Well, I, I, can't, I can't be going into that at the moment anyway, because I'm doing a load of terrain, aren't I? But, yeah. Oh... And the thing I love about Space Marines is that when I play games, I like to sort of get in the in the flow and be like shouting the oaths and all. But it's just not very epic when you're just shouting things about skulls and blood. <laughs> it's far more epic to to be like doing all this crazy sayings from the Emperor. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It is. Oh, it, 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 it is interesting, it, isn't it? Because. Um, I'm very pleased that they've kept the old, they've kept the old Space Marine range available, and it hasn't disappeared in any way, which is going to sort of segue us onto the next section quite nicely. Um, 
in a sense, but it could very easily disappear. So if people are interested in getting Space Marines, I'd be, I'd be making sure they got the range that they wanted and doing that sooner rather than later. But I, I, I am becoming cautiously optimistic that they are going to stay around, which is mm. really, really cool. I mean, there are some lovely models there. I think a core range will always be there because I'm hoping that Games Workshop are going to do like a starties through the ages so that you could yeah. pick up and play a game from War of the Beasts or Horus Heresy or, you know, the Gilliman's Crusade, Indomitus Crusade. That that's I, I would love to be able to play Space Marines. I guess ultimately, though, I... I just don't know how many people would still be and and by all means people comment we'd love to know um how many people are still walking into a games workshop or their local store or going online and purchasing Space Marine Tactical Squad box set I don't know the answer to that but I just think when all, when everything is geared towards you know all of the starter stuff for the 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 people new coming into the hobby or coming back into the hobby. It's all Primaris. True. Everything is very heavily Primaris, which is what you would expect because it's the new thing and they are cool, very cool. Because in the end, as we have just seen, made very clear, models won't stick around just so that people can go back and buy them for posterity or whatever. Mm, will they? No. they will stick around only... If they continue to sell in 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 a quantity which is sufficient to warrant powering up the plastic mold machines and using them to produce that rather than something newer, Absolutely. and that's why I think that ultimately um, things like tactical marines and and stuff like that will will gradually disappear. Maybe you know not for a long time. Yeah, but I, I just I don't think they'll sell them. Um. That's a really negative note to finish this section on, dude. I don't think so. I I do. Yeah, but you've got flipping tons of Space Marines, I, dude. I have no idea what you mean. A company is not lots. It's not just a company, though, is it, Ben? It's not a company. <laughs> it's it's a flipping third of the chapter Maybe. that you have. <laughs> yeah. And I know that means there's two-thirds of a hole in your collection. Mm-hmm. But that is still more than enough. It's not a negative because, although you might lament its passing, lots of that stuff will still be out there on the second-hand markets for those that really want it. And also, it allows space for new things to come in. Yeah, that's always the positive of it. That is always the positive of it. Um, so, so, cheer up, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I'm don't. I'm not unhappy. Um, because people have got time to buy them, but it will be sad when they go. Yeah. Well, it will all be about how that's communicated. And with that in mind... <laughs> on to the mortal realms. Shall we move on to the mortal realms? <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, thank you for joining us for the Galaxy of War. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our take on what is coming out soon. Please comment um, either on the release post for the podcast or just chuck us something on the hobby desk, at uh, hobby desk, hobby forum, or up on the page. Um, we will see you in the mortal realms. Dun, dun, dun.
Hi guys and gals and welcome to the Mortal Realms. Um, got quite a bit to talk about in this one because I had the, the pleasure of going up to um, the open day and having some fun there. Um, and there's been quite a few changes to the uh, Mortal Realms while we've been away for a month. Some of them really cool. Really, really cool. Some of them not so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, We've alluded so, to it so much. People are going to expect like a tirade of doom. And well, I'm going to do it first because I want to do it first because I don't want to finish this section on a, on a low because I, I don't think that would be fair. Well, there's so much awesome going on. It would be a shame, wouldn't it? It would. So the the thing that we've been alluded to is that when we were at the open day when i was at the open day they announced the book the new book <clears throat> the uh, cities of sigma and i was extremely excited about that right up to the point where um i read on the article in warhammer community that they were going to be getting rid of a lot of the models um and units from the current order range um now, anyone who's listened to this at all podcast for more than a couple of episodes will know that I'm an insatiable collector who, if I like a range, <laughs> and have to look at my goblin army to know that I will get it from right the way back in the dawn of time. The earliest models will be included in that range because I just adore them um, because they are a huge fan of nostalgia and Mm-hmm. There is no bigger nostalgia army for me than High Elves, because they were the army that um, first caught my eye in Warhammer Fantasy Battle. They were the, the army that I played with with the 5th edition box set. I loved them because of the Lord of the Rings Elves, um, which didn't have models or even a film at that time. And um, I've always put off painting an army since I first started. I made an awful attempt at them early on because I just wasn't very good at painting white. And I liked white elves, like sparkly, bright white elves. Um, so to find out last week, uh, in the morning, having been told on the community site that they would let us know close to the date which models they were getting rid of, um, to find out in the morning that they got rid of them, which models they were getting rid of, and to find that they had all gone by nine o'clock was frustrating <laughs> to say the you, least you weren't happy were you i well i wasn't happy um and there's almost certainly because people have said it to my face and people have said it to me online that somebody listening to this going yeah but ben they've been around for eight years mate you've had your time to get them well that's that's fair i appreciate that's fair um but the period where a lot of them were released, the new White Lion Axeman, the um, the Cutter, um, Sky Cutter, um, and the Dragon Princes, all came out when I was either finishing med school or starting my foundation years as a doctor. I didn't do hobby <laughs> during those periods. Um, I didn't even manage to go in the Games Workshop more than once a year. The only thing that I ever bought was the starters kits, and that was it. Um, they were released once a year, if that, back then. Um, 
so I didn't pick them up. And then when I've got back into the hobby over the last couple of years, I've been buying all the new stuff. And believe me, there has been enough new stuff to keep me busy and keep my wallet empty. <laughs> so uh, I haven't gone back and bought them. I have now gone uh, worked pretty hard to find them and then purchased them from eBay. Got the ones I needed. But there's a lot of the Empire models that I didn't manage to get hold of. And there's a lot of the Wood Elf models that I didn't manage to get hold of. Um, I'm just going to have to accept that they're lost to the vagaries of time. My issue with it isn't that they've got rid of them. It's how it was done, Dan. It's all about communication. You're nodding your head. I can see you nodding your head. I completely um, agree with you. That's why. Um, it's all about communication, isn't it? I, I, mean, I think if they're going to get rid of something that that, that many things all at once from ranges that have just been shown an awful lot of love of in the you know in the um, general's handbook where people were not expecting to lose those ranges then give people time you know announce the models that are going to be released are going to be withdrawn a month in advance put them on made to order or something so that people can have a chance to buy them rather than eBay scalpers waking up in the morning and buying them all out. Um, there's ways to do it, I'm sure, that would not leave such a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. Um, and we were just looking at, for example, at, um, Titanicus on the last chance to buy is the Reaver cards, um, Battle Station cards, which are an integral part of the game, and none of the other Titans are lose. You know, none of their cards are on the last chance to buy. So it means you end up sort of asking why? Why are they getting rid of them? What's happening to Titanicus? Or what's happening to the Reavers? Are they reboxing them? Are the Reavers, I don't know. The card's going to be gone forever because um, it's just frustrating. It's a frustrating part of the hobby um, that I think could be really hugely mitigated by a little bit more communication. And and that is where I'm going to leave it. I've said my piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and I think what you've said is totally fair. And I think the frustration uh, for myself, much like you, is around the communication. It's not. It it it's not about the fact the models have left the ranges because you know you have to accept. Uh, that any business, as it moves forward and develops new things, things that are older are, are going to come out of production because you, you can't just keep producing all that stuff for the odd person that might want it. Um, so it's not I about that at agree. all. Um, I completely agree. And I, I, I think that what we are saying is very reasonable um, in as much as, like, like you've said, the communication on this occasion seems to be very bad, um, but also at odds with how good a lot of the communication from Games Workshop has become. We are used to having a lot of honesty and openness um, from Games Workshop uh, about what they're doing uh, and which direction they're going in. Um, and it's very really strange to find this situation because it's not simply a case that uh, a bunch of miniatures one morning were suddenly not available or started to become available. There were articles suggesting that we would know that information earlier, which we didn't. And also there was the General's Handbook, which contained 
rules that gave an indication that many of those things would be staying in the ranges, which they didn't. Um, which has surely got to be an internal communication thing, because I, ju I just cannot believe, I do not believe, that somebody sat down and, and wrote those rules fully in the knowledge that those units were going to leave the range and then mm. and then didn't tell anyone. It, it didn't yeah. tell the customers. Um, so the challenges then. So, so why do I think, you know, it, it happened? And I, I think we alluded, we mentioned it in the last section. So I do think whilst I think a really good way to have done it would be to do like the legends. So give a two week period, you place your order and then they produce all of that. Um, that would be very difficult from a planning perspective. Uh, and at a time when I believe it's still well known, I, I, I've not read anything as such, that the second factory and, and the expansion program is not complete and therefore production of plastic miniatures is struggling because they're finding, you know, they're running out of stuff because they're just trying to keep up. Um, and to add something extra into that that's that's a bit of an unknown, really, on how many you may or may not need to produce would be hard to plan for. And I think that's fair enough. But I would hope that the molds aren't going anywhere and we might see some form of the Legends thing in the future. Um, yeah. Because ultimately it is easier or it is less resource intensive, I would imagine, to produce the lead or fine cast miniatures. Um you know, and it's not going to impact barely at all on the current range. Um, so, so that's that's probably the big one. I think the thing about communication is, as a business, do Games Workshop want to be putting onto their community site, which for many people is going to be their first port of call with Games Workshop stuff about things being lost from ranges and being taken away and going. I this is speculation and you know at the end of the day it's quite funny really isn't it because we're here talking about our opinions as if we're <laughs> some kind of industry experts but it, it's just how I feel about it and I I just wonder whether there was something about not wanting that negativity and what I do get frustrated by uh, and I have seen in a number of cases is people with blase comments well that, yeah I mean that is just flipping rude very frustrating but that unfortunately mate there are there are people with far worse <laughs> that do far worse things than that on the planet these things happen yeah uh, and uh you know yeah that that is very frustrating but i what i get frustrated by is people online or in person that that just come out with comments like yeah but they've been around for ages and and such like because of things like you've just said, you know, there are circumstances for why you are there. There isn't, there is no need not to communicate, you know, and, I, and I've seen a number of people that I know work uh, at Games Workshop saying things just like that. Um, and I think it's really important to, to empathize with people like yourself who've missed out on stuff that's real key to them because the hobby is an emotional one. It's all about emotion. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it would, It'd be really, I mean, I, I just find this stuff interesting. I'd love to sit down with whoever made the decision and just ask them about their thought process. 
you know, not, not, not have a go at them, but just find out what, you know, what, if I was to say to them what we've just discussed about the quality of the communication, what would they say? You know, what? Yeah. Would they say, yeah, I think we, we missed a trick there. Um, but there we are. So that's On our to thoughts the about what's happened. Let's move into what is filling the gaps that have been created. Because uh, there are some wonderful stuff. So shall we start with Warcry? Yeah, let's start with Warcry. Um, so like I said, we got to go up to the open day um, and see Warcry in person. Of course, by now it's irrelevant because it's out there and everyone can have a go at it. I, I really like the rules. Um, they're really stripped down, really simple, um, and they've... They feel very chaosy, so there's no to hits. It's just to wound, so mm-hmm. it's quite brutal and fast. Um, really love in person. I, I'm so in love with the models, who <laughs> the the people who have sculpted them, um, and the and the heavy metal team who have painted them have got across so much of the grim in them. It is fantastic and it it opens a whole door into well you thought chaos was like this but actually it can be like all of this as well and the more i find out about the warbands the the more horrific they are um <laughs> like the the carrion ones with the blood down their necks um i heard rumors at the uh uh at the open day that actually the blood was originally painted all the way around their mouths as well um but he the painter was asked to tone it down <laughs> because they're <laughs> cannibals um, and they eat the dead like literally on the battlefield um, the, the guys with the with the masks on and the skin belts found out at the open day that that skin on the belt is actually their faces and they've taken their faces off that is so disturbing that when I first heard it, I sent a shiver down my spine I was like <laughs> why would what? madness um, and they're just beautiful in person. The models are so nicely done. Um, and there's exciting parts about them. So there's the elves and the dwarves and the humans and the sort of semi-ogres. They're introducing like new scales of bases and new scales of model. Um, I think we're going to see... It's almost, in a way, the the best look we've had at the everyday people of Age of Sigma in cities. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair well, enough. It, it, it is, isn't it, when you think about it? What other models have they done that have come from cities and have been sculpted to have come from places um, and have those kind of design styles in them? No, that and is combat true, yeah. styles and elves with humans. You know, it, it almost solidifies in a new range that there are normal elves in Age of Sigma, having just got rid of all the rest of the normal elves, it's 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 kind of saying no, not all the elves are going to have horse legs or trees growing out the backs or you know fish. Probably you know they they're, they're gonna, there is actually going to be elf elves around. <laughs> um, so yeah, great great range, and I really enjoyed the game to play it. Um, I was a little it, yeah. bit. Was a little bit kind of disappointed is the right word, but the the campaign in the book felt 
Although there was lots of different options, different routes you could take to the war cry, um, it felt a little restricted. That might be my first, that's my first impression. I was hoping for something a bit more Mordheim, where you developed your warband and it, you know, it lasted for as long as the campaign lasted and you could go all over the place and do what you want and, and really micro do the, the equipment and all that kind of stuff. But it feels a little bit more like, uh, laid out. Mm. I think you're not the first person to mention to me, uh, that it's not, not that it's not more time, but that people have, have maybe thought it would be like more time and it isn't. Um, mm. but I don't think that's unusual because actually when you look at the specialist games on a number of occasions, I've kind of thought, Oh, I wonder if, you know, this is That's be the a new Necromunda. That. Yeah. yeah, but actually, if it was going to be Mordheim, it would be called Mordheim, and yeah, it would I be done by agree. the Specialist Games team. Um, so yeah, that that is the case. Um, what I have to talk about is the incredible amount of stuff in that box. It's a lot. It's it? it's ridiculous. It's lot. I was and the scenery is amazing. Yeah, so I was like, Nef- no, not getting that. Not getting it. It's, it's going to be <laughs> one of the things that I'm not going to get because you know to to um concentrate on other things and then i went to big and jim had the stuff out and he didn't even have all of it out and i just couldn't believe it i just was like what are you taking no and then as i said the scenery just fell into place in my head for a project uh Mm. and then it was kind of like well i could go online on ebay and there are places selling the scenery for 50 quid um or for another 50 quid or 30 quid if you get it somewhere else or what have you um have all of this stuff <laughs> you know it was a i, I was like yeah I can't, I can't not have that box so i've got it i've actually i bought it uh, a few days ago four days three four days ago still in its wrapping at the moment because um I, you shake your head, but there is a fair reason. So, um, again, Chris and I, Chris coming up loads at the moment just because I'm playing him every week, but um, are going to, he's going to help by, I think, well, I'm essentially trying to coerce him into painting the war bands um, <laughs> so that I can just do the scenery. And part of my coercion is to do the ripping off of the wrapping and stuff together. Um. So yeah, that's why. And that's I can cool. see it. I can see you're sad because you want to do that. It would be nice if we could do that together, but that's just the distance, isn't it? Yeah. Be here in Seoul. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I am looking forward to. It. He's picked up the car. What are the ones? The Zinchi like ones called? The serpent ones or the no, most recent the, ones? The most recent ones. Oh, hang on a sec. Something Cabal or something. But anyway, these uh, Cypher Lords. Cypher Lords, Cypher Lords yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. He's picked up those, and he's also picked up the cards for a skeleton band. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is cool. So, yeah. I think it looks fun. I'm looking forward to doing it, um, you know, in all the time I've got. The trouble is, I have a week off work. <laughs> this is the problem. 
I have a week off work and I start to get a bunch of stuff done. Not a ridiculous amount of stuff because I, you know, it's still pretty busy, but I start to make some real headway into some projects. And suddenly I get it in my head that, you know, I'm back on it. I'm getting stuff done. And I completely ignore the fact that I haven't actually had to go to work. So then by the end of the week, I'm like, oh, I can get this and I can get this and because I'm going to get to this. And then I get back to work and I'm like, oh, bloody Nora. <laughs> Just do one thing. Oh, dear. But yeah, so that's Warcry. What else? Uh, so, um, sorry. I said Beast Grave. Beast Grave. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot announced at the open day. Um, that has since come out. So, um, Beast Grave is a good place to start. It's the next evolution of the Underworlds. Um, it, the, the box kind of gives away what's in it. It's Beastman and the new Kurnothi, who were, who, who, who were in the, uh, first mentioned in the Deepkin book, um, in one of the little backgroundy bits. Um, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? That the picture of the Kanothi is like really distant and, and one picture for the whole warband. Whereas the, the beast one, beastman had some nice close ups of almost all of the models. So I'm not really, the only one that I really love is the centaur with the helmet. I think that looks amazing. I think that looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. The other ones are going to wait until I've seen them in person to be, because they just look a little weird, I think. I think it's the hair. Personally. Yeah. But um it's nice to see a new range of elves. Um, even if they don't have normal legs. Um and they're not called high elves and with lion cloaks on, but you know. Do you think they holiday in um Narnia? Who, the Kanothi? Yeah. I don't know, but if they look anything like the, the centaurs from Narnia, I'm well up for that. That they are wicked. Yeah, they are. I was more thinking about the fawn. Yeah, Mister Tumnus. <laughs> <laughs> the beastmen are stunning, aren't they? Yes, they are really good. Yeah, yeah. really good. I haven't really got uh, indication from them from that box set as to what's new in it, and by that I mean. You know, when we went to Night Vault, there was magic. Whether oh, I think it's new... dangerous terrain that tries to eat you. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't that know. That makes sense. I, d- I don't actually know if I've read that anywhere, but I've um, decided I, I have. What I love is that the Necroquake has essentially damaged the Mirrored City and it's bleeding into into a mountain known as the Beast Grave. I think that is brilliant. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's bleeding. I think that's in... I think that's in a different realm as well. So I think it's bleeding through a realm. Mm. But, yeah, it sounds ace. So I like that. I like that. I think that sounds great. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm almost reluctant to say I'm not going to get it because I've already talked about my reasons for not jumping into Underworlds, but it seems that every time I say I'm not going to get something, that does not go well. So no. maybe what I should do, dude, is get really excited about it, like I did with Titanicus, and then it won't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I am getting 
painting some things uh, with for Titanicus now. Um, so moving from Beast Grave, we got the two new codexes. So yes, Cities of Sigma, um, which I'm really excited about. It's going to tie together a lot of the units. Um, put them all in, tidy up the website is the, what I, <laughs> the best way to describe it, isn't it? Getting all those little yeah. fractions and pulling them all together into one thing. Um, I really can't wait to get my hands on that book and see how they've organised it. Um, and see what the background is and see where they're going to go with it. Um, because I, I feel like Cities of Sigma has some real potential for new miniatures. So I can't I'm almost disappointed that they haven't done a range with it, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I, I think background-wise, and I feel like now with that book, I have a really clear idea of how they're going to move forward with the Age of Sigma army-wise, structure-wise. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, alongside that, you've got the new Orc books, which are the, I can't remember what they've called it. Let me just quickly look. Uh, Green skin madness. Yeah, probably something like that. N- what are they? Uh, do you reckon they're called the not the moon ones? <laughs> Oric or- War Clans. So Oric War Clans ah. has brought together the Iron Jaws and the um, um, Bone Splitters into one book. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, really interesting how they're going to do that. Background-wise, uh, for example, I wonder if you can have a war crusher in a in a uh, bone splitters army because bone splitters are beast hunters, and whether they're just going to accept that they have a beast in amongst them or not. Yeah, but you, they're orcs, dude. You can imagine them like fighting a common foe and then like all like chilling out, and when they, they're watching, and just as it goes to sleep, they all try and like sneak in and get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I think Imagine that's... being an orc war boss and waking up in the morning and your allies have eaten your mount. <laughs> I think you'd have to be... Yeah, you'd have to have a pretty good go to have more crusher for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the sort of thing you'd find in an American steakhouse. <laughs> more crusher steaks. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. It came at the same time as finding out that the old... Oruk, Oruk, standard Oruk range had gone from the website and had gone from the website for eight months. <laughs> Apparently, it's kept, went when Gloom Spike Gits came out. Um, so I'm told. Um, didn't see that come in, wasn't told it happened. Kind of echoes point already made. Um, but we should have a nice sort of tidier way of dealing with the Oruks, I think. Yeah, that'd be good. And I can see in the future, now that it's Auric War Clans, it's not it's not gonna limit itself to Iron Jaws or Bone Splitters forever. I can see there being new stuff added into that, personally. Same same as with the Cities of Sigma. So I think that's two really cool new codexes or army books. I can't wait to get my hands on them and, and have a look what's inside, really. Really excited about both of those. Yeah, it will be good to see those. Um, and there was an ogre, wasn't there? There was, which is a really good indication that there's going to be a new ogre book at some point. Mm. Um, it's a cracking model. Did you see it? Was it actually up there? 
Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it's just as nice in person. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. And there's a bunch of options for it, too, um, that I can't remember. But the Feast of Bones, which they're talking about, um, I think we're going to find out a lot more about what that is and what he is. And Yeah, really excited. Is that connected with the new story that's appeared today? Well, they announced that story at the end of the Open Day. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Um, so, yeah, yes, it is. It's the basically the you know the end thing. Yeah, the tithe of bones. Hmm. They announced that at the end of the open day. Um, yeah, but isn't what... there? Um, isn't there? There's a little story gone up on the on the community page today. Yeah, there has. Yeah, I've just noticed that before we started recording. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, that'll, that'll be to do with that. Mm. I'm really hoping that's going to be another done in the same way as Malign Portance. Yeah, that was nifty, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was really cool. What I've noticed that they've done is is put a downloadable e-document so you can download the story as well. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is wicked. That's properly cool. So you can keep a collection of the short stories. So, um, Open Day... Just yeah. as a general kind of chat about it, was really really cool. Loads of tables out, people playing um, Warcry. If you went there, you got to have a good go at it. It wasn't like there was a couple of people demonstrating it. If you if you wanted to, you could have sat down and had a game, a full game of it, which was really wicked. They had loads of the design team out, um, more than I think I've seen at previous open days, but I've only been to two. But it felt like there was more. Um, Got to have a chat to John Blanche, which was just an absolute treat. Um, seeing some of his artwork for the Gloom Spike gits, and then seeing sort of models on paper that became the, the you know pictures on the paper that became the models. Oh, mate! Um, so love that. Got to um, hang out with Rob Ellis for the day, which was really yeah, wicked. Yeah. Um, met him up there. Uh, he brought along his um, um, Bellacor. Bellacor. Sorry for forgetting the name of it, but oh, in person, that is an absolute beauty. Absolute beauty. I, I think that he he'd have to take a hundred photographs of that to fully encapsulate uh, and get to grips with how much detail there is from so many different angles. It's it's really great. Um, he won third place in the miniatures painting competition for that. Um, and it's a well-deserved third place. It's, it's really, really very nice. Um, and he's a really nice chap, so it's really great to hang out with him. Um, had like a bit of an the, incident. Um, you're like the, uh, the face of the podcast now, going out and doing all your socialising. I'm like a hermit. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate that I ended up being the face of the podcast. But, um we had a bit of drama on the way up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the tyre blowing out at 80 miles an hour, um, which Ben handled like an absolute champ, I've got to say. Um, but it meant that we were turned up a little bit later. I actually think that that wasn't necessarily that much of a bad thing. I think mm-hmm. if we'd have been there right from the start, it probably started to feel like it dragged a bit at the end. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, it was cool. It was a really good, really good um, day. Really pleased that I went up there, actually. Um, yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. So, um, I don't know... Got to wear a, a Chaos helmet. Oh, yeah. The funny thing was that when they took the photograph, I was shouting underneath and no one could see my face. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Oh, brilliant. I don't think that there's anything other major. The only sort of fantasy-based thing is the lizard men have appeared for Blood Bowl. Yes, um, and they're brilliant. They are yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I think that little gold statue is actually modelled after me. Um, I don't think you're wrong. If uh, Yeah. <laughs> Look. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was the Mortal Realms. So some ups and some downs, but um, as ever, really looking forward to seeing what comes along next. We we know well. We, we're pretty convinced we're going to see some kind of ogre book um, and see what the future holds. I know Dan is super excited about the idea of Panothi now, um, talking about basing schemes and stuff. So I hope I hope they don't leave him hanging for too long. Um, I, I think the one thing that I can say with absolute certainty, however gutted I am, and however gutted I am at the models they choose to, or chose to get rid of, um, the one thing I can say with absolute certainty is whatever's going to come out to replace them will be fantastic. Because I haven't been disappointed yet with Age of Sigma. No. E- even the stuff I don't like, I like. <laughs> That's like... Chaos keeps trying to drag me in, but it won't. It will. It will. Right. Okay, then. So, guys, thank you for listening to uh, us ramble through the Mortal Realms. Uh, we are now going to go uh, back to the future. Da, 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 da. Got it right this time. Um, and you guys get to meet us again in the community section which we recorded yesterday. You know, when we first talked about splitting it up, we were like, no one will ever notice. I thought we'd yeah. just do it, and no one would ever notice. Except that we've banged on about it every time. Yeah, but it's, it's like a defense mechanism. If we, if we tell them, <laughs> then, you know, they can allow that another drop in quality uh, <laughs> of our conversations. <laughs> Because <laughs> we used to forget what we said in the intro before. Now we've got no chance. <laughs> no, we're going to have to write it down. You didn't even bother with an intro this time, in fairness. I know. I was editing it yesterday, and uh, and you're like, come on, get on with the intro. <laughs> I was just having a chat. Right. Anyway, thanks for joining us in these mortal old realms. We will see you in the community. to the community guys it's that time community section time um by far and away our favorite section really because we love our little community uh the community the wider community and the one that's around the the two-piece podcast um 
the hobby group yet again just fantastic uh, ben and i have both been off on holiday um and i've just been flicking through and the stuff that's going up is just amazing across all spectrums yeah. as well there's some really interesting yeah. conversion work there's some stunning painting work there's i've just started out stuff there's games it's ah it's brilliant ace thank you cool so um as ever we do start with shout outs from usually from instagram although sometimes ben branches out and uh tries to show that he does know about other media platforms <laughs> um yeah so ben yeah. what have you got to tell us about on this fine i got episode? um uh, i got a few few actually i wanted to shout out about as a mixture of um hobby um and also just community like people who i think are doing a really good job with sort of I don't know, supporting the community i think is the best way to, to describe it so First off, um, let's go for the hobby stuff. So I've just found this, and it's just absolutely hit all of my hobby buttons. Um, it's a speeder, kind of helicopter land speeder conversion done by James Otero Figueroa, and um, it caught my eye going through Instagram, and I've gone back through his page, and there's some excellent, excellent conversion work done on there. Um that is well worth looking at. So that's James underscore Otero figure out. And the conversion he's done is using a space Marine land speeder. And I don't know how he's done it, but he's got like kind of downward, those directional sort of rotary blade things that have a sort of guard around the outside as, as wings. Um, and they're sort of done gunship kind of little wings off the oh, it's Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. looks like it's come right out of early rogue trader. Um, mixed with a bit of June. I think it's fantastic. Um, the second one I'd like to shout out hobby-wise is a chap called, uh, on Instagram, Dizzle Paints, and on Twitter, he's Shizma Dizzle, and he's been painting a lot of Space Marines, and um, he does really good step-by-step photographs. He, he you know, sort of posts pictures of every little step he does, um, and he's got a very clean, very tidy style, and I think it's very useful um, to have people like that on your feed because it, it helps you get an idea of how to sort of head towards that heavy metal in inverted commas style of painting. The sort of time it takes, um, you can get a grasp from how you know how often his posts go up and his attention to detail. Every little pipe, every little dial, every little button is all done and. Um, He's got some beautiful models on there that is well worth doing. Um, I first kind of came across this guy actually when we were preparing for Golden Demon. And um, he had a bit of trouble getting this uh, Kalgar's arm on, having painted it separately. Um, I just felt absolutely gutted for him. But um, he did a cracking job of sorting that out. Um, I've always said, I've said it a number of times, I think that the hardest thing for me, when I'm planning a model that I want to put into something or do really well at, is how am I going to glue that together without absolutely knackering it afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> so the the least or more simple um, breakdown um, sub assemblies, the better, I think. But he, you know, it's, it's great little um, uh, channel feed on Instagram and Twitter to follow. So that's Dizzle Paints or Shizma Dizzle on Twizzer. On Twitter. On Twizzer. There's a new platform for you, Dan. Twizzer. Um, I can't get enough content onto the ones we got. Please don't make up more. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The next one I want to talk about is a guy called Shiva on Twitter. Um, all of these will po- these pictures of these models I po- like to post out on um, uh, on, our, on our show notes if you wanted to go and see them. Um, and he's done a conversion of a word bearer or um, Red Corsair's sniper um, for um, Kill Team that is absolutely wonderful. And I'm not sure I've shared that with you, Dan, actually. Uh, no, I don't um, recall seeing that. Uh, it's Red Corsair's. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's also also done um a number of other chaos models particularly like in his take on the um the the noise marine um as well which he's got pinned to the top of his page so i came across him today really impressed with that um so people should give that guy a follow if they're on on twitter um the next one i wanted to give a shout out is a chap called uh, stormgrad games and i don't know your name fellow i'm really sorry about that i've only i only know you by your handle um this guy is everywhere on Twitter and Instagram, just being awesomely supportive to everybody. Um, everywhere I go through my my feed, he seems to be there giving positive encouragement and supporting people both on an emotional level and on a hobby level. Um, and I think people like you do need to have a shout out because I think it is people like you who are the glue that holds the hobby together. Our hobby community together, so just big love from the both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen the same and um, and and feel the same as well. So that's great to see. Um, next one uh, is Darren Latham has been doing a number of how-to videos, um, which are very short, very to the point, and. Um, because they're done by Darren Latham, very very good uh, at showing you how to do techniques that are just I've I've learnt a crap load just. He's watching not actually that four. bad a painter, is he, that Darren? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and he's also been using, um, or he shows how to use the contrast paints as glazes in a way I've been talking mm. about. Um, so it's it's nice to know that I you know that they are they work for that and it wasn't just me making it up. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they're they're cool. They're on um they're on uh YouTube and on um and on Twitter and, and Instagram if you do that as well. And lastly, um should have done this sooner really, because um the the guys that we I, I spend a lot of time with, um, House of Chaos Games, which used to, um, well, it's had various different names, but House of Chaos Games are the the, the guys behind um, Outlands, and um, they've branched out quite a lot over the last couple of months. So they do their own Twitch kind of chatty podcast esque thing, um, pretty regularly. That is quite good fun to listen to. Um, and because it's Twitch, it's quite interactive too. Um, John and Carl have just started a podcast called Scruffy Looking Nerf Herders, which I think is a great name for a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. Um, and uh, they, that's on Legion, if you're interested in that, because they're big into that at the moment. And um, Ross has been doing some really cool battle reports um, that... I've really enjoyed watching, and I'm sure everyone else will too, because 
Um, it is very much just a couple of dudes hanging out, playing a game. Um, but they do take the time to explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it does make it quite um, a good learning experience as well. And Ross is increasingly becoming a very good 40k player. Um, and I often dread playing him because he comes up with the beardiest combinations for Primaris I've ever come across in my life. Um, those sort of combinations that just make you want to puke up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um and that is that is me so um lots to shout out i could literally could go on for like an hour just calling out people who i've seen awesome stuff over the last month um could do that every month really but there you go there's a, there's a little sort of selection excellent over to you i will uh come back to the hobby group shortly um because i love going through and, and shouting out stuff um the first thing i wanted to shout out though was a new podcast so um tony rhodes who is part of the chronicles of the underhive podcast has started a an, a more narrative focused a very narrative focused 40k podcast um it's called narrative wargamer podcast um on podbean is where i listen to it um, but I believe you can find it through iTunes. But it's, as the name would suggest, focused on narrative gaming um, as opposed to more match play type of thing. And really interesting, just listening to the intro, really. The guys were talking about uh, using elements from the different ways of playing, which is something that I often talk about. Um, my big one is points, so I really like using points. Even if the points aren't matched, mm. that can in itself allow you to to create a narrative you know you're going to have 50 percent of of what i've got gives you some indication um i like that um very much so worth giving a listen if you are more interested in narrative type play um but also the guys are respectful of the fact that there are people that want to play other ways i think that's also really important um because you don't always see that um you, you know, you will often, it's my way or the highway type thing. Although, to be fair, things have, you know, it has got better. Yeah, it's improved, improved a lot. lot which is great. Or yeah. at least I've left all the groups where it used to happen. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know which one. Um, so, yeah, definitely go and listen to that. Tony's been really kind and uh, messaged to ask uh, us to come onto the podcast at some point. So, we'll definitely be up for doing that. We'll get some kind of crazy techno shizzle going on because he's up in Leeds um, and I, I ain't driving to Leeds. Um, no, it's a, lo- it's a long way. No, well, now we've got the yeah, I know. It, it, it opens up a world of possibilities. Dun, dun, dun. It does. So yeah, that's very good. So go and check that out. Um, also, wanted, I've already spoken about it, but the, the Vanguard Thursday nights, um, if you haven't if you if you live in Bristol or within travelling distance of Bristol and you want something to do re- semi regularly on a Thursday night, uh, do check that out. You can find it through the Vanguard page on Facebook, um, or via Big. Um, there are some events. It confuses me, and I know it shouldn't, but I think because the first one was the test, so the second one was number one. So I'm on like my third time, but it's number two. And it's numbers and my head just goes weird. But look it up. Find the events. Um, really good. Really worth going. Scenery is excellent. Jim keeps up in the bar and he's been donated a shed ton of scenery just recently. So I know there's going to be even more coming along. Um, and then 
lastly from me is into the hobby group. So I'm just going to move over to Facebook to remind myself what I'm looking at. So the first thing I want to shout out, and I've picked a few things this time, more because of the theme, and it's more of that Blanchitsu dark, um, grimdark sort of theme, and I really, really like it. And Chris and I have been playing some games with very much that feel recently. Um, I'm going to talk about that in the next section, but Paul Gibbs, uh, Engine of War. It's some kind of sentinel come tarantula gun walker thing, and it just looks sinister, and I love it. Um, so that's very, very good, mate. I, I really like that, so good work on that. And then Along the same sort of vein, and I'm going to shout, you know, I, a lot of my game is with Chris, which is why um, we're constantly talking about Chris has created um, Inquisitor Nakova. So she's got an awesome background um, and now she's gaining awesome miniatures. So on the on the web page, I'm just looking for it. He's definitely put it up here because I saw it just now. Essentially, he created her as an A. Oh, here it is. Here it is. So, Inquisitor Nakova, he's created as um, an aged Inquisitor uh, who started out as a protege of a of a puritanical Inquisitor. Really, really, you know, we must fight chaos, etc. And she's she's trodden that path, which has taken her into a slightly darker place. Um, and he's created this grim, dark miniature out of loads of different bits and bobs, and it's fantastic. But that is nothing compared to how cool it looks now that he's created her earlier self as well. So he's created yeah. what she was like in the beginning and where she is now. And it is just excellent. And it's it's that narrative thing, but in two models. Um it's really cool. And we're playing through a bit of a narrative um with her at the moment and uh and Locke, who is her former master that's trying to hunt her down. Uh, and it is it's great. It's just great seeing it develop. So she is flipping awesome, mate. And I, I, I've said to him about that anyway, but I had to say it again. And then continuing that sort of theme, um, and I'm sorry, sorry if I say this wrong, but I think it's Pelmend Bok. Um, he's a new member into the group, but he has shared some flipping awesome spider head beast thing made with... Well, it is. <laughs> when you see it, it's great. It's a Caradron Overlord body i think uh from one one of the endrins um a little endrin yeah but it just looks freaky like it, it does look like it's stepped out of a john blanche painting um really really excellent um and you can follow him as well on instagram uh so it's nmcs underscore by underscore pmb uh at instagram instagram so that that is stunning as well. So do do check that out. Um, well worth looking at. And then, of course, you know, if I haven't shouted you out, there's still some really other awesome stuff going. Terrain, painting, gaming in the hobby group. So please do head over there um, and join if you are so inclined. It's nice. It's very active. Um, we are, yeah, we try and make it a really positive place and, and everybody seems to stick with that. I, I think it's really cool and... I've met a few people now who said, oh, it's great to see a really positive, positive hobby group. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really proud of that. And that's it is really guys. cool yeah. how positive it is. Yeah, it's ace, isn't it? 
Um, so that's me, uh, me and my shout outs. The only other thing to say on the hobby group is this month, um, the theme is field of battle. So it's a terrain theme. Um, there's a few things going on that I've spotted already, but it'll be nice to see a very cool treehouse from Tim Barkley. That, that is just, excellent. that is awesome. I really, really like that. Um, and a few different shots of it as well. So really nice. So if you are working on scenery, please crack on. Um, we'd love to see those things and, um, already got a thought in mind for next month. Uh, but I will leave that for now. You're going to announce the winner of last month's? Nah. Yeah, I should. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I need to find the post, though. Okay, so looking at the competition from last month, uh, which was Engine of War. So some great entries. Thank you very much. Uh, some really big stuff as well, um, including entire night households, which I thought was excellent. But winner, uh, winner's joint winner, actually, for the first time, I think. That's yeah, happened. it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's Ross and his um, White Scars Rhino that's crashed into a wall. Um, that is fantastic. I think so. He's really captured your driving style. Really good. Yep. Yeah, and there's there's loads of little details as well. Like if you look on the other side, he's bulged the the wall out, so it's not just sort of flat. It's bulged out where the Lorinos hit it. I think it's great. I really, really do. And I love that he's actually spent time painting the Rhino. I think it's really sad it's going to end up as a gaming piece in a in a club. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> there we go. There we are. Um, and Tom and his um. Death Guard Dreadnought. Leviathan Dreadnought, which is very yeah, nice. Lush. Yeah, really yeah. good. Really good. So well done. Another another month of absolutely cracking entries. Yeah, definitely. Um in there. Really good. Some really excellent stuff. Um, that Primaris um oh, what is the big tank called? No idea. <laughs> floaty tank of point. awesome doom. Um yeah. Yeah, that. Really good. <laughs> so I really like that one. Um, and also, uh, this I think is Ian again. This is, is, is House Cadmus. Yeah. I love that. Really nice. Yeah. And it's all this scenery piled up in the background. Very good. Excellent. I've got one last thing. Unfortunately, because we've both been on holiday, we haven't had time to go through the events, which is... It's our fault, and we, we, we've taken our foot off the gas with that, unfortunately. I'm going to try and rectify that for next next week. Um, but someone has contacted us and asked us to call out an event forum. Um, it's the Gloucester Gaming Group. And on the 8th of September, they're running um, the GOBBL Global Cup, which is a Blood Bowl um, tournament um, at Tuffley Community Centre. That's the Sunday, the 8th of September. Um, and I've, that group only started less than a year ago i think and it's going strong 30 members yeah so they are doing con- well aren't they congrats guys that's um it's not easy to run a club no um we keep our ear to the ground with lots of clubs across the southwest and i can i can say with a degree of certainty i've watched a number implode um under internal politics um so it isn't easy to run a club and i would encourage anyone who is listening who is a member of a club to give the people who run it um, as much support as they need, because often it's run off of the good grace of people's time and effort, really. Yeah, absolutely. And as soon as people, 
feel like it's not worth it, they stop. And often it's very hard to replace them. Yep, definitely. Right. Cool. So is that our community section? So that's all of our shout-outs. Um, hopefully we've managed to successfully edit out the big long pauses which show just how prepared and well-organised we are as producers of a podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's all run seamlessly together. So now uh, we are going to go into the last segment, which is Into the Wild. So we're going to cover off some different bits and bobs in there. So, um, yeah, grab your final lot of refreshments and uh, we will see you on the wild side. Hi guys, and welcome to the wilds. It's the last section of the podcast, um, and the section where we talk about all of the other stuff that's caught our eye and interested us. Um, be that products by other companies, uh, games by other companies, other than Games Workshop, which tends to dominate our podcast, um, and just things that we've seen around that we think people might be interested in. Um, so I've got a few things to shout out um, product-wise um, that I thought would be quite cool. Um, and then Dan is going to talk about um, a homegrown game that he's been playing around with. Is that right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, um, I'm going to talk about um, Titanicus in a kind of roundabout way. Um, I've been spending the last uh, couple of days trying to find... Um, well, it's just reverse. So when we first saw Titanicus, we saw it at um, um, Games Day. I want to call it Games Day. Warhammer Fest. So we saw it at Warhammer Fest. And um, they had these awesome tables out, which you can buy. Um they're kind of pre, pre-sculpted forge world tables. Um, but on those tables was a whole bunch of scattery kind of stuff um, that looks awesome. And unfortunately, forge world have not produced. Um, they 3D printed a lot of it for their kind of their boards. Um, but there's been no... Um, every time I ask uh, shows, they, they don't know if it's going to come out. We kind of fingers crossed that they do. But what that means is that I've been looking around for kind of scattery, small-scale stuff, Dan, um, to sort of fill the board, um, particularly things like the the, mechan- uh, the uh, Munitorum uh, shipping crates, um, little bases, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I feel like I hit a jackpot today. Um, I found a website called um, Vanguard Miniatures, and they have... Uh, shipping crates, storage crates, storage boxes, ammunition boxes. Um, they have um, little bases, um, little, little complexes. They've got uh, things like communications arrays. Um, and they have a range of models, which is one of those kind of Space Marine, not Space Marine ranges, which look very much like a Space Marine. Um, but because, you know, at the moment, if you're trying to put a Space Marine or an Imperial Guardsman on the base of your Titan, you are going to be searching around eBay um, to get those. Um, it's nice to have an alternative. Um, so I'm quite big, searching through. There's some pretty cool stuff on there that I'm probably going to be... This things like lampposts, you know, which yeah. can really add texture to the base of a Titan. Um, so I'm 
I think that's pretty cool. There's and, um, another company called Onslaught Miniatures who make loads of six mil races all based around the Games Workshop idea. So they do like equivalents of squats, for example, Dark Eldar. Yeah. Um, so they, they do a whole bunch. Um, and going back to Vanguard, who you just mentioned, they've got a whole bunch of different things that are very, very similar to, um, G-Dub's stuff and battle group helios is one of them that are really really nice uh if games workshop uh were to go back and revisit battlefleet gothic and the models look like that it would be incredible um yeah. it's very rare that you see stuff that good um on such a small scale as well um yeah so yeah, yeah. Re- really impressive but yeah they do loads that they do like a little thing that looks like a xiphon fighter because ben Bought a couple of those, and it's got one of those crashed into a base. Is that um, onslaught or um, from Vanguard? No, that's um, that's Vanguard. Yeah, I think yeah. I've got a feeling onslaught. You can buy onslaught stuff through Vanguard. Um, Vanguard as well. So yeah, there's loads of it. So um, yeah, that's them. Any was there someone else as well? No, that that was it actually. Yeah, that was the thing. Um. So, something else I've seen very cool, TT Combat, that thing you sent me. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. How did I forget about that? Yeah, so um, TT Combat have just released, um, I suppose you call it ruined fantasy stuff. So, very Mordheim-y. They've they've got a few ruined buildings already, but they've expanded the range. And this one's sort of like a wizard watchtower, clock tower thing. Um, Mm. it's It's an awful lot in there, and it's a Really, really competitive price. 25 quid or 20 quid? 25 quid. 20 pounds. 20 pounds. 20 pounds. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of lot of terrain for 20 pounds there. If, if you're looking for terrain to impact your game, make your table look a bit interesting, I just don't see why you wouldn't go that way. No. Because it's just amazing. Yeah. It's MDF and it lacks a certain level of detail and depth that you get from the resin cast or the, the plastic kits. That is just the way it is. And and painting it up, you are going to have flatter colours because you aren't going to be able to just dry brush stuff as easily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but with a bit of time, it it will look excellent. And it you know when you think what I was talking about in the hobby desk about that frag drill. And the cost of doing that one piece. Yeah. And and you could easily fill a table. And I don't mean like six bits that just are a rock and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean fill a table with some decent stuff for not a ridiculous amount of pennies. Especially if you then thought, well, I know what I'll do. Well, there you go. Look, some of it's sold out. Some of the stuff's sold out already. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not surprised. I really yeah. am not surprised. Um, if you, they do you know, a great range of wasteland with... stuff as well. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I'm just, I'm just looking at it now. Really good. I think the thing with MDF with some is friends as well. Is huh? that it can act as a framework for just a little bit of extra time to apply texture to it with a few wires or 
cobblestones made out of cardboard that you you know you put on the outside or, or or whatever you can make a you can make a MDF building look really really nice just with a bit of cardboard and PVA glue. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. What on earth? Sorry, I've I've become distracted by looking at all this awesome stuff. Oh, there's the there's the trench lines you were talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we've got. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Maybe it's revisiting a, that. It's uh, it's flooding back to me actually. A few other things I wouldn't mind talking about. So, um, so first off, a um, Warlord Games have announced a new Judge Dread game with plastic models oh, supporting yeah. it. Um, I'm a huge Judge Dread fan. Um, uh, that's not entirely fair, actually, because I think um, there are clearly people who have read all the comics and are far more of a Judge Dread fan than me. Um, but I, I love everything that I've ever come across with Judge Dread, apart from elements of the um, Stallone film. But um, I was really glad to see it. I like the models that they're coming out. I think I would paint them more grimdark than they have been done by the, uh, the the guys who painted them up for the box art, but um, that's looking pretty cool. I have no idea about the rules, but it's looking pretty cool. There's a new Marvel miniatures game coming out called uh, Crisis Protocol, which is done by um, which is announced at Gen Con along with loads of stuff, and it appears to be done by Fantasy Flight Games. It's interestingly it's on a much bigger scale, Dan. I think it's I think it's the, at least thirty two, if not bigger. Um, which is quite interesting. The models look ace. I haven't worked out yet from the pictures whether or not because whether or not they're pre-painted. I don't think they are. Um, no, no, quite... because me- I've seen the sprues, the plastic You've seen the sprues, sprues okay. for Madoc. So, so they are they're they're, they're plastic um, and they're paintable. So that I mean that that's really excited me actually because there's a couple of models of Marvel guys that I wouldn't mind doing when I got the time. And um, and the the game is ah. people are saying looks really cool. Like as a small skirmish game, so there's quite a lot of good stuff on the horizon, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I've got one more last thing. Sorry, before we go on, Mantics, and I know, um, we don't often talk about Mantics, apart from we've talked about their like terrain boxes, but uh, um, I've seen a, a preview of um, some of their cl- clansmen, tribesmen from the north, that are, are part of a new rave of releases. I've got to say, Dan, they look pretty cool. Dan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they make... Uh, yeah, make... well, no, in all seriousness, I as I said to you, it's definitely... It seems to be uh, a step up in the sculpting quality of mm. the miniatures uh, from what what's been done in the past. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to have alternatives out there. Um, I I think for me, I'd probably more likely use them in something like Game of Thrones because I think they really look like the um, the uh, yeah they do the tribesmen the from north of the wildlings. Yeah. They really do look like that. 
So, did you want to tell us about the game that you've been playing, the new one? Yeah, Home, so... Um, Homegrown. I've, I've mentioned Chris a couple of times, and um, Chris is just an awesome bundle of excitement and generation of hobby content. It's amazing. It's like narrative all the time. Great narrative stuff. I did make a really bad mistake um, a couple of days ago with Harriet because she was, I don't know why she was looking, but she was like, Chris is your most messaged person on, on WhatsApp. And, and I just said without even blinking for some stupid reason, well, yeah, because we have actual conversations. And, and that, that, that was like, that was like, whoops. <laughs> so he's always creating cool stuff. Uh, and it's really cool. It's really, really good, um, to get that. So. Don't know if he, I should take offense at that as well, actually, Dan. Well, I don't talk to you on WhatsApp, Ben. I talk to you on Messenger. Do you? Yes. <laughs> um. I would talk about the number of times I try and ring you and you just don't pick up because you're so busy painting, but we might get into a lover's lover's tiff going and we don't want that on the podcast, (laughs) do we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, Chris uh, has created his own rule set because um, he bought a pack of the Dark Imperium playing cards and had a bunch of random miniatures that he painted up story-wise and he was like i want a way to play these uh, so he came up with his own rule system and actually what's been really fun is he he turned up with his rule system and we played it through and then we've been like bouncing off ideas and feeding back thoughts from that sort of playtesting process and it's just been brilliant and running right the way through the middle of it is this narrative of this inquisitor and her warband versus her her um her instructor, I suppose, and his warband, um, mm. and just randomly grabbing out cool scenarios. So the way it works, um, essentially, is your activations are driven by a hand of cards. So it's not it's not a game like Malifaux where everything is cards, um, but you have a hand of seven cards, and you choose how many cards you want to to play um, in a in a round, and. Basically, it takes a card to activate a miniature. When you activate a miniature, it can move and it can shoot. But once it's done that, it, you put a fatigue marker on. And now each fatigue marker adds one to the number of cards it takes to activate that miniature. Um, cards that you play all need to be from the same suit. Uh, so you can't just play loads of ones. And initiative for that turn is is done by who plays the highest card with aces being high. Um, in this example and then the picture cards will trigger certain abilities for for certain heroes and characters um so for example uh inquisitor lock if he plays a picture card he can smite someone as his psychic power goes off and then there's things in there that he, we've got rules for stun we've got rules for different grenades and then the nice thing is because you've got rules for stun Space Marines never get stunned because they're Space Marines. Um, and it uses the dice, because again, this is about hoovering up different ideas. It uses the dice from, um, I think it might, it might be Battle for Kalf mm. or Prospero, the Prospero one. I can't remember. Um, but it's so interesting coming up 
with your own rules. And we're like talking about, oh, wow, that, you know, that just doesn't seem, that doesn't seem to reflect how that model would actually be or how they would fight or that does or that's too much. Uh, I often feel that my own characters are the ones that require more power and his needs some taken away. Um, that's the hallmark of a chaos player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so things like, like, for example, bolt guns. So, um, basically in order to cause a wounding hit that, that the, they can then try and defend against, uh, you need to roll a critical, but bolt guns, um, are always critical. They always cause, if they hit you, they will wound you. Um, and you get a defense roll against them because they're bolt guns. Um, and they explode all over the place. So yeah, I, I just thought it was really interesting in the face of so many fantastic things coming out at the moment and games and stuff, actually just the process of coming up with some rules is really fun. Um, you know, Chris, Chris's, Chris's idea, Chris's, um, structure, but I'm really enjoying getting to play it and then give some thoughts and feedback and then we play it again the next week. And it's allowing us just to use the most random collection of miniatures. Like, I think my warband most recently, I was using, uh, we, we alternate sides. So I was playing as Gideon, um, lot. And he has Death Watch Captain Artemis, because Chris randomly has one Death Watch dude. So he had to have him. And then it's him. And then he's got the new, oh no, he hasn't actually. The other woman's got sister, uh, sister Pentia, which is the, he, he uses the model for the new battle sister. She's in there. There's a random ultramarine primaris on the, on the, um, on the, on the side of the radical inquisitor, um, for reasons that I'm not going to go into because it's long, but it's quite interesting. Um, and then Pius Vaughn from Blackstone Fortress. We use her, uh, Thaddeus, I think it is, isn't it? The, the priest guy. So we use him. Um, Gideon Locke is a really old, well, not a really old, but an old Inquisitor model with a, with a plasma pistol and a. He's great. He's an, hat. he's an alternative sculpt for, um, one that they had out that lasted a long time, but he, he's got a pointing hand and a plasma pistol and got quite a yeah, gunslinger yeah, hat. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. a limited edition. I've, one of my favorite models of Games Workshop I've ever done for 40k. Yeah, I've actually still got that miniature. It's one that survived my numerous culls of miniatures. Me too. Um, so, not badly painted, but with a bloody great mould line across it. So I can <laughs> I'm have to strip it because oh it just makes me cry. So and and so our most recent game, for example, we just got the shuttle board from Rogue Trader. Yep. And essentially, the backstory was that. Um, Nakova was approaching a space hulk that she was going to board uh, because she had intelligence that there was some kind of chaos artifact that she wanted on there. And Locke caught up with her and teleported onto the shuttle with his little retinue. And they all had to take tests to see if they were stunned or whatever because the shuttle was really small. And Nakova basically programs the shuttle to crash into the hulk um, and then tries to escape from it. And... Chris's sort of objectives were either to uh, incapacitate, capture, what have you, kill uh, Nakova's warband, but also his big score was to get to the control panel and override it 
to stop the ship just crashing. And I needed to, to get out the back of the shuttle um, in the little drop pod things that come with it, the escape pods. And, and it just made for a really interesting narrative. And this is just the stuff like half an hour or an hour before we weren't going to play a game that night. We were going to just build some scenery. And then I was like, well, yeah, but we might want to play a game because we don't get to game that much. And then he just goes, here you go. <laughs> I love it. It's brilliant. Excellent. Sounds really good. Yeah, well, it's different, you know? It's different and it's fun. It's fun giving that feedback. Um, And I call it uh, Crinquisitor at the moment um, because I love mixing up Chris and Inquisitor. So I'm original like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just smush them together and hope for the best. Yeah. Good job. Absolutely. That's how I build miniatures. <laughs> cool. So that is it, dude. We have reached the end of episode 46. Yes. Um, so, as ever, we are across many moody, moodier, media channels. Moodier. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, little bit of YouTube. Well, we're on YouTube to listen to the podcast, um, and we occasionally do a video. Um, Which we are hoping, as ever, to expand, but Dan um, and me have had things going on, so it's been a little bit hard. Hey, we're a family podcast. It's, it's just, you've got to get a balance, because otherwise we won't have anything to talk about hobby-wise. No, it's <laughs> true. Just be podcasting. Um yeah, as ever, thank you very much. Always a big thank you to our patrons that continue to support us. Yeah. Support us. That's fantastic. Um, mainly just means we don't have to worry about the hosting fees for the website or for Podbean. So that's really good. Um, again, being a family podcast and trying to balance uh, the amount of disposable income to enjoy the hobby and also have the families is just something else we don't need to worry about. So thank you very, very, very much for that. Um Thank you to all the guys that shout us out. You know, I am always really chuffed to see the number of people who just tag us in things and shout us out. Say, you know, we enjoy the two Ps. We enjoy the two Ps. It's ace. So it's it's wonderful. Thank you. We do appreciate that a lot. Um, We do appreciate that a lot. Um, It's it's great to to have that feedback as well. Because sometimes you can feel like you're just talking to thin air. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're having to try and talk to me, eh? Well, now I can see you and I know you're not asleep. It's great. These painted on eyes are amazing. They are. They're doing a good job of moving as well. So, um, we will see you again in two weeks rather than four, hopefully, if all goes to plan. Um, and we'll take it from there. See how things go. Can't promise anything, but we're hoping it will work out. Um, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Dan. And to you, sir. How's ever? We'll see you on the other side, guys. Bye. Bye.